are the Armchair Quarterback Show, your first choice for sports talk live from the First Coast. We're here weekdays on CBS Sports Radio. Pack it up, pack it in, let me begin. I came to win, battle me, that's a sin. I won't ever slack up, punk, you better back up. Try and play the role and you're the whole coalesced. Tap that Armchair Quarterback app, take us anywhere you go. Good morning. It's time to wake up, y'all. You're listening to the Armchair Quarterback Show. We're here weekdays, 8 a.m. Eastern, 7 Central to 10 a.m. Eastern, 9 Central. Available on Google Android, Apple iPhone, Facebook Live, and Periscope Twitter. Tap that Armchair Quarterback's app. Take us anywhere you go. The Armchair Quarterback Show, your first choice for Southern Sports Talk. Good morning, Mr. Justin Waller. Good morning. I don't know much, but I know one thing. I had only three less tackles than Vic Beasley. What a waste of $9 million. <laughs> Between him and Cole Hamels, right? What the hell? I'm uh, <laughs> Mike McGinn. I don't know much, but I know one thing. The American public got robbed yesterday. Now, I'm not talking about the fact that Nevada is going home and not coming back till till Thursday to count votes. I'm not talking about because Pennsylvania decided to call it a wrap at 9 p.m. and stop calling votes. I'm talking about the fact that Will Fuller was almost traded to the Green Bay Packers. Can you imagine Fuller and Adams and Rodgers all on the same team? Wow. Mr. Garvey. What is A.A. Ron? Some of us need to leave uh, a few minutes early today. Oh. Oh, is that so? Mm-hmm. And what, pray tell, is the reason for this premature exodus? Your book photos. We have to leave 15 minutes early to meet up with our clubs. <laughs> All right, you know what? That might work with other substitute teachers, but I taught in the inner city for over 20 years. Now y'all want to leave my class early so y'all can go meet up at the club. Ain't none of y'all old enough to go to the damn club! Armchair. Community Access Channel. He's the armchair quarterback. He's full of beer and he's full of snacks. He's the All-American Man. Hey, howdy, hi, top of the morning to you. Welcome to the Armchair Quarterback Radio Show. I'm Mac McGee sitting alongside Justin Waller. Justin, how the hell are you, sir? I'm doing a lot better than pollsters this morning. <laughs> uh, and... <laughs> A lot worse than Pennsylvanians uh, in the election commission because uh, I stayed up till 2 a.m. So why, I don't know, but uh, I don't know. Election night's a great day in America, no matter win or lose. Uh, it's the greatest freedom we have. And like you alluded to in your intro, uh, it's the greatest country on earth and uh, doesn't really matter the outcome. I mean, it, it's, what pa- I pack your bags and leave if you want to. What I don't, I don't see anybody doing it. What I don't understand, no. They'll all threaten to, and they go, wait, what? It's like that over there? No, I'm staying here. Um, the What I don't understand of everything that has gone on in the last, what, 12 hours? How the hell can Nevada take today off and not count votes? They're taking the day off, people, even if y'all haven't heard this. They're taking the day off, and then they'll be back tomorrow to count votes. What the hell kind of nonsense is that? And you wonder... With the riots that we've had in the country, the the destruction, 
Is there some kind of plan in place to to destroy the ballots? Because it's a really, really cl- close race. Uh, a lot of people have projected that, that Trump will eventually win that race, but right now he's down by only 8,000 votes. Only 75% of the precincts have uh, been counted. 75%. So there's no telling. Trump could could run away with it. Biden could run away with it. You're talking about 25% is missing. I cannot believe that they are not counting those votes. Um, I would... I along with you. And to my knowledge, Wisconsin and Michigan have laws on the books that their absentee and mail-in ballots and day of voting ballots should all be uh, counted and presented on election day. So for them two to take breaks as well was was kind of odd for me. Um, we'll see. Uh, my deep state conspiracy theories are uh, running rampant right now, so I'll try not to derail our, our show, but... Uh, Essentially, for people that are waking up and wanting to know what's going on, you have a handful of states that are still up in arms, and you don't know who who's going to win. And those states are Georgia, North Carolina, Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, Michigan, Nevada, and Minnesota. If you're looking on how Trump can win... I think eventually, essentially, he, he he has to win North Carolina and Georgia. If he loses either one of those, I think he's in huge trouble. He's got to get Pennsylvania, which right now, signs point to him winning that. He's he's up by like almost 12%, and uh, even though there's still a lot to count, that's a lot to come back from, right? You're underestimating Philadelphia. <laughs> I mean, I'll just call it. What I'm it just, is. I'm just saying, right now, how it's being projected. Most, most believe on both sides that Pennsylvania is going to go Trump. What it really comes down to is he needs to win either Michigan or Wisconsin, because I don't believe he's going to win Minnesota. I know people have talked about him winning Minnesota. It's not going to happen. Minnesota hasn't gone red since 1972. And it doesn't look, you would think if anything was going to make it look the way the Trump would need it would be the riots that broke out in Minneapolis. Right. But it doesn't look like Minnesota is going to go red. So I, I would punt, I would punt that I would punt the idea that he's, I know Fox news is the only one to have uh, predicted this, but Biden's going to win Arizona. He's up by a tremendous amount. I just don't see him, uh, and it looks like they've officially called it this morning. It and Minnesota as well. Yeah, well, there's they depending on the, which source you, you, right. you watch, uh, which the, was very entertaining last night. Actually, they're still uh, counting, but it hasn't been official. But Fox called it back at midnight, and Trump got mad about it and said, "You know, how dare you?" Da 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 da. And Fox, you know, I mean, I saw the same data that the Fox was reporting. And I was like, you know, Fox kind of has a point. I'm kind of surprised the other. I'm surprised that the more liberal outlets hadn't jumped on. I think the point was that Florida took so long to call, Ohio took so long to call, but you jumped the guns on the early ones. If you're going to do it, do it on both sides when you know. You well, it. it's, because it it's was, got to do with how much had been reported in, what the deficit was, and the fact that it would almost have to be, you know, three hundred thousand to four votes over the next several votes for for him to come back it just wasn't going to happen uh pe- people were shocked about arizona i was not remember a lot of people have exited uh california moved to arizona 
because they don't like living under that regime. What's ironic about that is they're going to vote blue. They're going to get that regime <laughs> in Arizona, and they're going to keep trying to move east. They're going to keep trying to move east. There's eventually, they might get Texas, Justin, but I guarantee you, they're not going to flip all Alabama and, and whatnot. Uh, I think Georgia might have been kind of a hoax. I'm starting to hear some things out of that. There, there might have been some uh, goofy stuff coming out of the city of Atlanta. We'll see what happens with that. But. So we can find all of ours in Davidson County here in in uh, Tennessee. So, you know, you, you can have your little outlying country there in the mid-state, and we'll just, uh, heh, lack of better words, trump you all the way around. <laughs> yeah, I... I think one of the things that shocked people is how, not the fact that Trump won Florida, how much he won it by. They were predict, projecting Biden by seven points, which I, I never believed that. But uh, Trump ended up winning by about five. And uh, I just find it hard to believe, and, and, and no matter which side you're on, and obviously I, mean, I think we've made it known kind of where we stand, but the shenanigans that have been played the last four years, um, you just feel like that's carrying over into this. And then you look at the six battleground states that are carried over. <laughs> they all seem to be uh, controlled by governments that are on the side that has been unhappy for the past four years. And shenanigan after shenanigan, they have played. And now we're uh, waiting on questionable results after the fact. So where, where are these coming from? Where's the transparency? I think we're in for a long uh, legal battle. I hope not. Um, hopefully the numbers come in convincingly and one side wins. Fair enough, whichever one does it. I just don't want this going. Yeah, to let's the move on because it's tied up. I, mean, I don't want this to drag out. For I want it determining one way or the other. I'm tired of the people spoke in 2016. We've had fighting for four years. I just want the people's vote to be clear cut one way and let's move on. Because the thing is, even if you are left wing and Trump wins, you're like, all right. The sun still came well, up. Well, he can't run a third time. That's how you have to look at it, right? Yeah. You know what I mean? So uh, that's that's honestly how I, I if I would if if I were left wing, that's how how I would look at it. If I were right wing, I'd say, hey, he did a lot of great things in the four years that he was in office. Did some things a lot of people didn't think were possible, um, and may have changed the face of the Republican Party because the one thing that that improved last night. He got a much higher Latino vote. He got a tick higher in the uh, black vote, uh, much more in the black male vote. But the Latino vote went up a lot higher than anyone thought. And I was actually uh, right on my assumption. Uh, I, I said that I, th I thought the Latinos would crack 30%. Right now, I think the number's sitting at 33%. I just know by 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 who I know and who I talk to, and I I felt I, I felt the shift and the change. And, and just, I, I want to drive this point home that moving forward, you know, you've got a midterm in two years, you'll have another presidential election in four years that the top of the, t for, for those that are, that are new into voting. And, and I'm really surprised, especially at, at a lot of friends that, uh, this was their first time voting in an election and scratching my head saying, man, you're almost 40 years old. I can't believe you have oh, denied yourself age? that. Yes. Wow. Blown away, Mac. I'm yes. not, I won't even put them on blast. But right. uh, yeah, I'm just, I'm like, wow, I've never even missed an election. I didn't even know that was an option. But uh, the top of the ticket really doesn't matter. Make sure you're paying attention in your local races. You have a midterm coming up in two years. See what your people in your area, in your community, your city council, your governors, your mayors, your, I mean, your sheriffs for that matter in a lot of areas are voted upon, your, your representatives, your senators, and, you know, make those changes in your community. Do your homework, find out who 
which candidate has the core beliefs and values that you believe in and uh don't just shoot by the hip and go right down a party line because you see an r or a d um do your homework is what i ask a lot of people and uh, i think you saw some independents that really made some moves last night and and maybe that's where you you see another movie in the next few years where um i I think people are going to start paying attention a whole lot more i hope that's the the case anyway another staggering number was Mitch McConnell and Lindsey Graham were reelected despite their opponents spending well over a combined $285 million to win. McConnell in Kentucky, that was a laugh. That, that was an absolute laugher. I think he got almost like 70% of the vote. And yeah. yet the, and yet his uh, challenger spent... I believe I heard 175 million when it was all said and done. Now it wasn't all her money; it was it was people in the Democratic Party. Uh, actually, it was a lot of people in uh, Hollywood that wanted to get McConnell out. And same thing with Lindsey Graham; they were trying to get him out because they looked at those two being too much like Trump, too too close to Trump kind of thing. They were trying to oust them out. They won. Uh, Graham won by about 12 percent. But McConnell just blew the doors off of his his challenger. I can't ever remember. Her I guess name. it's what I oh, meant by my last. Oh, Tommy Tuberville's in the in the Senate. <laughs> War Eagle. <laughs> now let me ask you this. Let me ask you that. Is he a War Damn Eagle or, or is he a Ole Miss Rebel? I forget. Um, oh, he's War Damn so, Eagle all the way. Someone's gonna have to hire one of us to explain to these. Uh, pundits, because I've heard it mispronounced seven or eight times f- between last night and tonight. I mean, last night and today. It's not Tommy Tuberville. It's Tuberville. And I must have heard that three times this morning and three or four times last night. I'm like, oh, buddy. I know you're just reading it like how... And, and, and honestly, I never paid attention to the fact that he's only got one B as, in his name. But it's Tuberville. And if you don't know that there's something wrong with you because not only was he a college football coach for years, he was also he also worked in the media for a while. So I thought that was great that uh, Tommy Tuberville got in. They thought that was going to be a very close race. He blew the doors off of his guy. So that so that was huge. It was funny. Uh, some ESPN uh, talking heads were celebrating the fact that they had flipped the Senate in in Texas. And then that news came in and it was crickets. I was like, ah, yeah. Y'all don't like old Tuberville because I don't know if people remember Tuberville got ran out of ESPN. Now, what would be a, uh, everybody thought we one way, both sides thought it would be, I mean, I, I thought you'd have more of a red wave and the blues thought they would dominate and they'd be calling this early. Um, I, neither has happened. We have no idea what the outcome um, of these six major races we're looking at right now. But... What if we have ties? We go 49-49. We've got two independents in the Senate. You're split right down the middle. You look like the Republicans are gaining a few seats in the House. And then if you go 269-269, which the way in Nebraska, I've got to recheck my math. The way it's split, I don't know if it can still hit. But last night there was a possibility. I've got to double-check what's I don't believe overnight. so because I believe in, I believe Nebraska is now at six for Trump as opposed to because Nebraska's weird. Actually, I like the way Nebraska does it. Was it was weird the way it split out, but when I finally passed out at, at 
2 a.m. There was a possibility you could go to, we could hit a dead 269. Yeah, I don't uh, think which, it's going to Which, you know, you would have to split the Senate and the House, and with them sharing powers, I'm like, man, this is just utter 2020 toss-up right here. There's going to have to be, uh, certain states had to fall a different way for their to If be. he got the six in Nebraska, that will change it, because that should make it inevitable. That's, that's what I'm showing on my chart right now, is that it's a full six. I like the way Nebraska does that. I think that's the way every state should do it. And people don't know what I'm talking about. You don't get every single electoral vote for your state. <laughs> you get X amount of, you, you're, you're, you're basically getting them for each of your regions. I like that idea. They should do that for all. Now, if they do it for one, you know, if they do it for any of the major ones, like say Texas, Florida, et cetera, they should do them for all of them, right? Oh, yeah. Uh, I mean, you're hearing a lot of cries uh, that they, they would like to implement that because you, you look at all the red states across the, the middle. I mean, look at your map. I mean, your east coast and well, you know, north, for, your, your northeast coast matter, and west coast are pulling it. For but, that matter, you know, New York, 29. California, 55. I'm telling you right now, if you bust that up, you're, you're going to see a lot That's more That's what I'm saying. There. It's going to shoot them in the foot because, you know, Trump's going to win 15 yeah. of those California I ones. I mean, you, you're, you're going to see see things like that. So, uh, again, I go back to our founding fathers were genius, and this was the uh, greatest country on the earth. I don't think you need to change it. I would but. never want to go to a, a pure majority vote rules. In other words, get rid of electoral votes. It's too damn... I. It's too volatile at that point, but I wouldn't mind seeing like the 29 electoral votes that are in Florida. Why not have it busted up where you win certain regions, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Most years, now he dominated last night, but most years he would have won Miami, right? But he would have lost Orlando, that kind of thing. So, uh, you know, but if, if Florida were to do it, then California has to do it, then Texas has to do it. You can't just let the red states do it and then the blue states sit there with all their power at 55 electorals in uh, California. Well, we, we can sit and talk about this all day long, and I'm sure more is going to come up as the week goes on. Let's take a quick break. We come back. Sean is on the way. And uh, before he gets here, we're going to talk a little Braves and other free agency news. I've got it pulled up as far as rumors of where Marcel Ozuna could be going. We'll be back in a, in a quick flash here on the Armchair Quarterbacks. That? That's the sound of NyQuil Severe, hard at work. NyQuil Severe is the best sleep with a cold medicine. No tossing and turning, just rest and recovery. So you're ready to take on tomorrow. For powerful relief of your worst cold and flu symptoms, try NyQuil Severe. The nighttime sniffling, sneezing, coughing, aching, stuffy head, best sleep with a cold? Medicine. Use as directed. Keep out of reach of children. Armchair Quarterbacks Radio. We got your shelter in place right over here. You get a whole lot of something with Farmer's Policy Perks. So much, I'm going to have to speed things up. You can get the Farmer's Signal app, and that could get you up to 15% off your auto policy. That's just for using the app and driving like the normal speed-limited hearing, full-stop-making, lane-change, signaling human being you are. Get a whole lot of something with Farmer's Policy Perks. Start with a quote by calling 1-800-FARMERS. We are farmers. Bum, 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 bum. Welcome back here to the Armchair Quarterback. Sean Tools on the way. We're going to be talking college football here in just a minute. But uh, before he gets here, 
Justin, I wanted to get in on this right here with you because uh, looking at some of the projections and rumors, however you want to word it, uh, we'll start off with the Atlanta Braves. The biggest, obviously, the biggest question what they're going to do with Ozuna. Are they going to resign him or are they going to go some other route? Remember last uh, last year we were asking the same question about Josh Donaldson. And I've got a list of eight suitors that they believe are going to make hard pushes at Marcelo Zuna. That makes me concerned if I'm a Braves fan because if he's got this many suitors just out of rumors, where are we going as far as how much would he be asked to uh, – how much is he, is he asking for? Also, if I'm Anthopolis, I want to know. I want to have a good idea. Are we going to have a DH in 2021? Because if we're not, I don't know if I want to spend – $20 million plus a year on a guy who's a liability in the field, right? Uh, Absolutely. I mean, hell, let's be honest. He's I mean, his value to you is as a DH. Right, because honestly, right. His, he's a liability on the base paths. He, the only thing he brings to you is that he gives Freddie Freeman protection, as they always say. And you, and you put Freeman in front of him. Uh, you, you've got a really volatile one, two, three. I, I really do prefer Freddie Freeman back down in the third hole. I, I've, I feel like that Snicker screwed us going into the playoffs. He started this about two weeks before the playoffs started. Snicker, in my opinion, really screwed us because he went all analytical and didn't think about the big picture of, I want a long deep lineup and he shortened our lineup by putting Freddie Freeman in the two hole. Because oh, he absolutely did, especially when you're 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 following Azuna because it's either you're following a solo home run or a strikeout or a deep pop fly. I mean and he really got impatient there at the end of the season and I'd rather have Albies or Swanson on base maybe with and, and Acuna maybe he draws a walk or a hit by pitch and, and then you I get think the we're Freddie stuck with this I think we're stuck with Acuna leading off. I really would prefer. I have no problem with him leading off, but to your point, I, I like Freddie in the third spot because I want the extra base. I want the potential for the extra base runner. Yeah, I, I don't to a degree, but in a perfect world, he'd be so much more dynamic as a two-hitter, which is where they've had Trout for years. I th They keep sliding him back between two and three, but he would be more dynamic as a two-hitter because then you have the threat of someone on. Now, the problem is... Atlanta has not had a true leadoff hitter, meaning someone who has a high on-base percentage. So I get that. So I, I'm not going to kill uh, them for putting him at the leadoff's hole. But in my – the way I like it is I like Swanson in the two-hole. And I like going Acuna, Swanson, Freddie, Ozuna. And honestly, I like Albies all the way down at the bottom because because when it flips, if he's on base, look out. Albies has gotten really bad about being all or nothing guy, right? And so you can't really put him as a leadoff guy. I don't want him at the top of the order because there's unless he changes drastically between now and April, I don't want him to be just you know. There's so many holes in his swing. We might as well call him Swiss cheese at this point. Um, he needs to be a guy that's at the bottom that when he does get on, look out. But I would even concede. I would even concede, Justin, 
This is strange because he's a switch hitter. But I would concede that give me Dansby Swanson against righties and give me uh, Albies at, in the in the two hole against lefties because he just has much more power and pop. In, in, Why don't you just invert it? Lead off with Dansby and move Acuna to your two hole like you want. Well, that's what I would like to do, but I don't think he's going to do that. I think I would just put it. I, I mean, I, I seriously would move Dansby to my one hole if that's what you wanted, and you, you get the if you're putting Albies at the bottom, you get the stack of uh, yeah. Because what I like Dansby about Dansby, on the loop what I like about Dansby, I don't mean to cut you off. What I like about Dansby is that he he seems like his number one goal every single game, every single at bat. I mean, is just to get on. To either hit it in the gap, get a single. Sure, he'll hit a home run, but it doesn't seem like he's up there swinging out of his toes. So I would love to see him as a leader. If he he let off last year, not this past season, but 2019, and then he got hurt when he came back. They they never went back to what was originally working. But my my, my what I think is I think Snicker is stuck with the analytics people. He's going to be fighting with of getting Acuna as many at bats as possible. And oh, sorry, I just oh, no. see, it, it hit me, and I didn't want to get away from baseball when Sean got here. How dumb was it to announce the Gold Glove winners last night? Yeah, I, did, I didn't even get a chance to see him because I was man. I, I'm telling you, I, I I turned all sports off. I knew, I knew they were coming out, but I turned all sports off. I saw a glimpse scrolling through. I still can't even remember who I saw that won. I we will talk about it tomorrow, maybe, but. Uh, <laughs> What a horrible night. I mean, who made that decision? I, yeah, oh, I forgot. Stupid. It's just a piece of metal. I mean. Yeah, it's stupid. Um, I'm hoping that they get it right and get the, – the only one that I care about, even though I don't really care about these this year because it's a shortened season, they're all going to be tarnished. But Freddie Freeman deserves the damn MVP, and that's all I really care about. But here, but here are the teams uh, – we'll get into other teams down the road because we're, we're going to end up running out of time. But here are the teams that are suiting – Ozuna, according to MLB, uh, who is this that wrote this article? Um, um, Mark Feinsand, and he's pr pretty knowledgeable. Um, you'll see him all the time on uh, what's the what's the morning show? Wake Up Central or MLB Central? Um, he's got Atlanta number one. Likely suitors is what he has. Atlanta number one. If they if that falls through, he thinks they he, he could be going to the White Sox. And I'm really, really, really the White Sox need more batting. That's a bunch of garbage. Anyways, the number three. This is the one that I think is more likely because there is the DH and they want a splash signing. The Boston Red Sox. I think the Boston Red Sox could be major players. This is the one that I don't believe. Because he didn't work the first time, why would they come back and, and sign him a second time? They've got the St. Louis Cardinals up there. Um, you know, he going to the St. Louis Cardinals to me would be strange because they didn't work it out. You don't normally see a guy go back to his original team just one year after free agency. So we'll see how that works out, but. The Rangers, I could see that with the with the new stadium, and they should have fans this year. The Astros, they're probably going to lose out on Springer. The Twins, I'm going to be really pissed if the Twins take another one of our bats. And uh, the Padres. I don't know if I buy the Padres because I think the Padres are building more uh, analytical and not necessarily going to um, 
Plus, I don't think the Padres' issue is scoring runs. I, th I think the, Padre, the, the Padres just need to get healthy and bolster their bullpen. What say you? I think if I'm Azuna or his agent, I am screaming a month away from the winter meetings that we need to know about the DH in 2021 because you're taking half of his suitors off. There's no way the Braves or the Cardinals can push their chips in without knowing the outcome of the DH. It, it, again, it goes to the liability on defense, and you have nowhere to plug them, so you're locked into AL teams to bid over, and obviously – um, you know, as an athlete with an agent, you, you want every option out there that you can. You don't want to stack half the deck against you because of the possibility you can't play for them. Yeah. And I'll I mean, they got to not drag their feet. And I'm surprised the players union isn't really in an uproar about this, or, or maybe it's being happened behind door and we're about to get a press release on Friday about 2 PM. <laughs> It'll be an interesting thing that we can touch back on here uh, as, as the weeks go on. Remember, the winter meetings will be virtual, but they are going to happen. It's going to happen at the very beginning of December. Let's take a really quick break, reset. Sean's with us, and uh, we got some discerning speculation news is the best way I could put it because it wasn't like it was verified, but it was speculative news on ESPN yesterday about the National Hockey League possibly not even playing in, in the upcoming season. We'll talk about that here in a flash here on the Armchair Quarterbacks. We'll be back in just a few minutes. Stay tuned and uh, keep your head straight. Please no rioting until we get back. Play for the love of the game, man. What's wrong with you, bro? Money should not be a thing. Bro, I'm risking my life. If I get the Rona, guess what happens with that? Like, bro, this, I'm not playing unless I get mine. Hello, I'm Mike Lindell, the inventor of my pillow. For the longest time, I've wanted to come out with the world's most comfortable bed sheets. But up until now, I haven't been able to find anything that held up to my high standards. I finally found the best cotton in the world in a region where the Sahara Desert, the Nile River, and the Mediterranean Sea all come together to create the ideal weather conditions for growing cotton. My new Giza Dream bed sheets are made with this long staple cotton, and I guarantee they'll be the most comfortable sheets you'll ever own. The first night you sleep on my sheets, you'll never want to sleep on anything else. All you need to do is go to MyPillow.com, promo code armchair. That's MyPillow.com. Use the promo code armchair. Or call 1-800-319-7392. The number is 1-800-319-7392. Remember, promo code armchair to get the best deal around. For the best night's sleep in the whole wide world, visit MyPillow.com. Big news in the big games covered in the Big Ten by the armchair quarterbacks all year long. Third down and about 22. As Smith drops the throw, he's got his tight end open, but he's got Carter downfield and he's gone. Michigan leads the game with a first touchdown and a bullet, a bomb to Carter. 71 yards. Now State's lead 7-3. There he goes. So long. Ohio State, touchdown! That's that old one-two punch you fake to him the first time and then have it the second time. In his career, Lorenzo White, 15 times, rushed for 100 yards in a half. Five of those this season. On second and ten. Long, long throw to Rison, and he's open! All the way to the six-yard line! Big Ten football, covered in the southeast by the armchair quarterbacks.
Catch the Armchair Quarterbacks right here on CBS Sports Radio. The Armchair Quarterbacks, your first choice for sports here on the First Coast. This portion of the show is being brought to you by The Best Things in Life, which are still free with minimum purchase at participating dealers. Hi, this is Britney Spears. This what up, what up, this Jay-Z. This is Jennifer Lopez. Armchair. It looks like you're going to have to guzzle your juice down without any ice. Pretend, um, you know, pretend it's gin. What's gin? Gin is an alcoholic beverage, which if your mommy's strong genes are any indication, you'll eventually learn to love as it slowly destroys a giant portion of your adult life. Because the stars and stripes are so much more than that old piece of cloth on your grandma's porch. It gave us that American dream to be anything that we want to be. It don't matter where you Welcome back here to the Armchair Quarterbacks. Little West Cook band action for you this morning. Uh, for people who may, may not have paid attention to it with all the all the chaos going on in uh, politics, the Mac is back tonight. So the mid was it mid athletic uh, mid Atlantic or is it mid athletic? It's got to be mid Atlantic uh, conference. I don't know why would you be mid athletic. <laughs> I was mid-athletic about 10 years ago. Now I'm just unathletic. Is there a UAC conference out there that I can join? Uh, <laughs> That's Pac-12. They start on Saturday. <laughs> exactly. How co- uh, Sean, welcome to the show, sir. Good morning, gentlemen. I like how your Detroit uh, Red Wings attire is actually matching the bedspread behind you. That, uh, was that planned or, or, or was that, that was, by accident? No, that was, oh, okay. no, that was unintentional. It got into the twenties here last night. So an extra blanket hit the bed. So there you go. I wasn't sure if that was a, if that was a Red Wings blanket. And I was like, if so, how did you pull that off? How had you, had you, nope. how you talk your wife into that one? <laughs> oh, I thought maybe AJ Hinch was giving video pointers or something. Ooh, <laughs> starting early, <laughs> starting early with the AJ Hinch stuff. All right, I like it. Well, I haven't got Go to ahead, talk to you on. since I haven't been able to speak to you since uh, that went down. Uh, hey, I, mean, I think it's a good move for Detroit. I just uh, I think Hinch comes off smelling like roses in this ordeal. Core will as well, and uh, but hey, um, I've always been a dude of second chances. I'll move on. Let me Listen, ask you once, something, uh, Sean. As a as a Tiger fan, when yeah, when you got the announcement of that, and and not that we don't think that AJ Hinch can't coach, and he only won because he cheated. Okay, we get the fact that he can coach, but are you a little concerned? Two two things I'm gonna throw at you. One, that he could be a huge distraction this coming year, right? The the media could just be pounding the hell of him. But then the other thing is the most glaring thing: the big big picture thing is he's taking over a very, very young team. And how does he get the respect of young players as he's trying to mold them when they know what the hell he did? So that part's a little, I, I, I guess what I'm trying to say is I feel like AJ Hinch would be a better fit at, at, a, at a veteran club, right? That already has you know, been shown the way it's kind of like the fact right. that, you know, you don't mind, you don't mind your kid who's 24 years old going out and having a beer with, with the rowdy uncle, right? Mm-hmm. But you wouldn't have put the rowdy uncle in charge of watching him when he was eight. 
right? Because <laughs> you'd be like, they might be having a beer then too. So let's, you know, let's just keep this under control. So that's, I don't, what's your take on that? So AJ Hinch, uh, if you, if you dive deep into his Wikipedia, he actually did a pretty, he did a pretty serviceable and commendable job in Arizona before he got kind of deposed um, by the, and I'm sure this guy will come up again during the course of the show, uh, by the Tony Larusa, Dave Stewart regime when they came in and set baseball back by 30 years in those 24 months that they were in Arizona. Um, he was relieved of his duties when they kind of came in and drifted around for a little while and ended up in Houston. The, the thing I would say as a Tigers fan and the thing that does somewhat um, enthuse me for him as the hire is that he's always done very well with younger players. When he got to Houston, they had Correa in the pipeline. They had Springer in the pipeline. Altuve was there. They missed on some guys. I mean, they let J.D. Martinez walk out the door, who, you know, ironically, um, you know, just cashed checks in Detroit and turned turn that cash check into a huge paycheck with the Boston Red Sox. So I think he's got a history of developing young players. The Tigers have a boatload of them, and they have a lot of money to spend this offseason. They're, they're, according to all reports, Chris Illich is going to open up the, the checkbook for the first time since his father passed away and actually try and get some professional baseball players instead of just playing all their kids. So we'll see how that turns out. I like the hire. I don't mind the, the, the conversation that's going to come with him because once, once our friend Commissioner It's Only a Piece of Metal – you know, pardoned all the players who benefited from it. I don't understand why all the front office and coaches have to be have to wear the scarlet letter for a decade. I don't get it. JD Martinez was traded from the Tigers to Arizona, and then he signed as a free agent to Boston. Just to clarify, that's correct. That. Okay. Just yeah, no, that's that. correct. Yeah, because had, the way you said he, it, it made it sound like he came from Arizona to go to Detroit, and then. And then no, no, no. He, yeah, he was no, only he with traded. the Diamondbacks for like three months or whatever the hell it was. He was he was a stretch run. He was a stretch run rental because right. they wanted to make and, the playoffs. And they decided that year. they didn't want to pay twenty five million dollars a year to a guy, uh, which everyone thought was a huge mistake at the time because he came out and had a phenomenal year. But after you watched him last year, you're thinking, well, I don't know, maybe they dodged a bullet. Uh, granted, right. granted that that signing by JD Martinez essentially led to the world series championship for the red sox so the red sox can't hate whether i you know i haven't even seen did a jd martinez opt out of his deal because it was a player option this year I, I haven't even seen the uh he must not have because i haven't seen his name pop up on the, on the i haven't seen it yet and the red sox were the red sox were so bad i mean i can't tell you i watched a single red sox game right um from the from the truncated season so what's ironic know. about it is that if you remember him making saying it wasn't a big deal about the cheating that went on in Boston and that he was the first to raise hell about the fact that they weren't going to allow them to use in-game video this year. Yeah. And then he and then he ended up hitting like barely Mendoza line and I'm like, well, so, something's connected somewhere, guy, because you don't go from arguably I, at one point I thought he he might be the best hitter in baseball a couple of years ago to not being able to hit water if you fell out of a boat. I mean, it was crazy. But anyways, let's, let's put baseball to rest for a minute. Uh, the NHL, so this is what I heard yesterday, and they were talking about this on PTI, and there's a report that came out that several owners have been anonymously quoted, I guess is the best way to say it, saying that they would prefer to just not have a season at all 
if it means that they're going to have a season without uh, fans in the stands, full fans in the stands. And when I first heard that, I was like, nah, that's not, no, no way. And then Will Bond and uh, Kornheiser gave it credibility and were they were uh, regurgitating what the writer had said and I guess ha has a lot of, uh, I guess they have a lot of, you know, high praises for the writer and believe what he's telling us is true. It's not like he was just trying to spark a story. I think that's highly dangerous to not play a season. Look, if you want to wait until the spring and have a shorter season because yeah. you want to make sure you – because one, one of the things that they're hamstrung by is the Canadian teams because Canada has the whole damn thing shut down up there. And they're – you know – and they can do that because they live in a socialistic, you know, government up there. But you, what what the problem is, if you have the whole thing shut down up there and you can't go back and forth, would they end up doing something like just putting all the Canadian teams in one freaking division and let the American teams play? Because American cities are going to have fans in the stands, not all, but but but. Even Pennsylvania started opening up this past weekend, right? I believe it was the Steelers game, or no, it wasn't the Steelers game. I guess it was the, uh, I guess it was the Eagles game that there were. It wasn't many, but there were fans in the stands. So even they're starting to open up. Even the areas that we we, we didn't know if we would get fans. Justin, I'll I'll get your first reaction. What would you think would be the answer would be? Because evidently the owners don't want to play if they can't have fans in the stands at a decent rate, what say you? Cause you, you know, you being a season ticket holder. I mean, I kick Canada out. Um, can they not come play in the States? Can we not borrow Buffalo again? Can, I mean, we've got an open stadium in Atlanta. Um, I, I don't know. There, there's multiple options. I, I, I don't get just kicking the thing. I think that's horrible for the, for the brand, for the, the image of the NHL. I mean, Terrible. you missed a huge opportunity I think in 2020, when you allowed the NBA to come back at the same time, if not before, you had an opportunity to get this in. You were the standard for the bubble. You made it through your playoff run. I mean, you have a lot of momentum rolling, and you were looking at a New Year's Day game, which I think, hey, moving forward should be a phenomenal time. Let's start the season with the Winter Classic. Why not have – kind of like NASCAR, your Super Bowl on the day. I mean, you, you can sell that as, as – opening you got the big one right up front right you, you know you you just you have it staged out and maybe you just compete that one game and then you let college football take over and, and then your season starts and move on but to just completely punt it down the road uh horrible decision and i mean there will be lots of consequences for that sean what say you yeah, it's, it's notable to remember that um, the reporting was done by two people I think very highly of, which is Emily Kaplan and Greg Wyshynski of ESPN. Uh, Wyshynski notably used to actually work for um, at the NHL, he used to work for NHL.com, um, and Emily Kaplan covered the, the Devils forever and ever. Um, it's reported that it's a handful of owners, which could mean anything. Could mean two, could mean nine. I don't know. Um, and they didn't disclose who said it. That some owners basically feel it would be better to just punt on this season instead of losing revenue just to say, Hey, we're just going to put everything dark, not pay anybody and come back in 2021 slash 2022. And Batman almost immediately, you know, gave a statement 
where he said, you know, that would be catastrophic to the long-term health of the league. That's not on the table right now. But it's important to remember all these things are collectively bargained. The NBA is going through the exact same thing. The NBA wants a 72-game schedule so that they can collect their regional sports network money. That's the capstone. That's the number of games they have to uh, perform in in order to get the RSN money. If they play less than that, they don't get it. Um, and there's a lot of players in the NBA, contrary to popular opinion, that are not LeBron James, that kind of live paycheck to paycheck. Guys on the league minimum making $1.5 We Those can all say boo-hoo one uh, yeah, my point is, my point if is, the you guy live on paycheck to paycheck and you are in the NBA. I'm sorry, man. I have no, none whatsoever sympathy for you. It's a league minimum that, huh? Yeah. Uh, at yeah, least it's at least, yeah, I should like think it went up a little bit, but yeah, it's, it's somewhere in that, uh, it's somewhere in that neighborhood. Sure the same thing 3, in the 400 K in other leagues. Yeah. Jeez. Same thing. <laughs> Same thing in the NFL, man. In the NFL, you got dudes on the practice squad. I mean, they're making, you know, they're making more money than than you know me just sitting here working from home. But you know, still, they're making seven hundred seventy-five grand a year if they're even making that much. And they're you know leasing they're leasing a Land Rover and you know renting a renting a seven bedroom house because they're trying to get their IG subscriptions up for their living girlfriend. It's like that money runs out quick. So you know, I understand all the all the factors that are going into this. I think the NHL is going to conduct the season. I think there's going to be a Canada only division. And then of the other 25 teams in the league or no, now it's 24 because Seattle doesn't start until next year. They'll just do three, 18 divisions. And I think they'll play in three central locations, maybe not a bubble, but something where they just, those teams play each other basically. Only. Right. Because you can't do a bubble again. It's financial. It, it, can't do a bubble. It's nope. not, it's not, it's money. not worth doing. It's not worth having a season. If you can't have fans in the stands, it just isn't. And hell, if that means you have to eliminate the freaking Canadian teams for a year, whatever, man, you cannot hold back an entire league because the, because we're, what is it? Five or six teams in Canada are just, well, they're, they're, I don't want to say seven. I, I don't, okay. Seven. Uh, I don't want to say that they're being held hostage, but that's what they're doing. They're, they're being held hostage. They're, they're not allowed to have fans in their stands and there's not a lot of options to them to go elsewhere. Unless you did a bubble city in the United States for just those seven teams and you let them have fans and they pretty much only play each other. Uh, but that, but that would get kind of. That would get really I haven't tricky. read the article. Is it a fan or is this a travel issue? I, I was under the Fans. impression that the, both. Well, both, both. the issue with, with yeah, Canada really was to travel in both. and out because Trudeau did not want uh, to open up the border to allow. Can you not get them essential worker passes? I mean, can we not iron this out? I mean, is there is there not a loophole that we can travel a professional sports team? It's both. With? It's both. It's the, because the, the borders the, the borders being closed, plus they're not allowing fans in the stands. So I think cooler heads will prevail. I think there will be three, three basically U.S. divisions for one year only. They'll they'll regionally locate them, and then you're going to have a seven-team, you know, Canada division for one season only. And then you know they'll work the playoffs out however they need to work them out. Well, after I that. mean, my point is I can drive a semi truck across the border because I'm deemed essential, and I don't even use my medical care the way that I should. You mean an NHL team can't have a better medical care, can't have clearance and they can't travel across the board. They yeah, can't get the designation matter. of essential. Put that, put that argument to bed. Cause that doesn't matter. If you can't have fa fans in the stands in, in Canada, what the hell's the point of playing? 
Because all you're going to do right. is just all you're going to do because all the other fans here in the state are still watching their teams travel to Canada to play. You still need a league. You still need a season. I mean, just like going okay, Vegas didn't open up this year and didn't have fans in the stands, but the rest of the NFL decided that some cities would, some cities wouldn't. If you, if you want to lose out and on that's, income, that's on you, Canada. And that's and that's where you get lost is the fact that the NFL their television contract is much much bigger than 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 the the, the NHL contract. The NHL television contracts are terrible. They make most of their money off of the playoff money, right? And so, and even that about breaks even. What gets them going? What gets the NHL going? The NHL, it's 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 almost like a it's almost like the music business. The NHL makes most of their money getting fans in the stands and butts in the seats. So you're yes, you're going to be able to put fans in the stands in Nashville, even though it may not be at, at, at full <laughs> well. Okay. Uh, Tampa Bay, Tampa Bay. Okay, you can put fans in stands in Tampa Bay. You can put fans in the stands in uh, New York. They've already said you know they would allow that, et cetera, et cetera. But even even at a minor capacity, at least you're making some money. The problem with the NHL is their national television contract is not going to pay for all these salaries, and that's why they're saying that the the Canadian owners are basically saying if we can't have fans in the stands, I don't want to play. What might be the end of concession being is you start later, and at that point, you, you know, maybe you go a little later in the seat in the calendar year and play. Maybe you have a, a shortened season, but they want to make sure that they can have butts in the seats. I think a lot of this will be put to rest once vaccines start popping out here in the next month, right? But it may not start it in January, is kind of what it looks like. Sucks because. I was looking forward to uh, NHL starting. Um, anyways, <sighs> I hope I hope for the fans' sake that it, that it comes back because they can't take a hit like that not playing a whole season. They just they just can't. Um, we saw- they, they went through this when they, they went through this when they called off a whole season due to the collective bargaining agreement. Eight, what was that about? It was eighteen months. They, yeah, they, they lost play. eighteen months and and they've never they've still not made that money back. I mean, it's been well they've, over a decade. They've still and never a half made the happened. brand back. The, the The league had a lot of momentum at the time, and they and they yep. never really came back at that. You know, that's when they lost their television contract with ESPN. And as much as we can hate on ESPN and whatnot on the evils that they do, the one thing ESPN does, if you have them, you know, as one of your networks, is they put they put your sport in people's homes on a daily basis or in or in the bars where you're like, oh yeah, that's right. You know what's going on in the NHL, and so that's it sucks. I, I, I kind of like the idea of Buffalo, Atlanta, right? <laughs> Just, um, I don't know. Put put you, Sean. You're saying there's seven teams. Put four teams in Buffalo. Put three teams in Atlanta. Let them kind of share the the arenas, and away we go. I don't want to yep. see it. I don't want to see it. Waiting, and the fact that we haven't heard anything about schedules and anything is kind of discerning. I mean, you got Seattle Stadium being built. I don't know where it is in its completion, but I mean, if they're going to be starting in the next season, why not just open it up with a bubble there? You put Vancouver; those Western Canadian teams idea. can just drop right down right. Um, there. I mean, there, there's options to be had. I, I think it's really silly if they uh, kick it. Up. it. It'll be. I know for my household, it'll be detrimental. And would it uh, turn you off I, as a fan long term, uh, Justin? Or would oh, you? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. 
I was just wondering, you know, the fan who's still pretty new to it. Sean, I know, has grown up on it, right? But you're still relatively new. I, I know you've been watching it for over a decade, I assume. Um, but I was just wondering what it would do to you as far as, you know, they don't play in 2020. It, put, it puts that baseball strike taste back in my mouth. And, uh, man, I just walk away from things like that. I'm, I'm would still... you be likely to buy, if there's no 2021, would you be likely to buy season tickets for 2022? 2023 or sorry 2021 2022 season or is that like a ask me then kind of thing it'll probably be an ask me then kind of thing gotcha let's go ahead and hit our uh, college football top five as we do uh, every wednesday here on the armchair quarterback sean i will start with you who is your college football top five as we sit here on november 4th 2020 so not a lot of change to mind from last week. Um, Clemson, number one, Bama, number two. If I had to assign points to it, uh, Bama picked up a lot of ground for me this week. But again, you know, Trevor Lawrence, big deal. Um, we'll see if they can, you know, come out alive um, of that Notre Dame game without him. If he indeed does not play, which it looks like he won't. Um, Clemson, one, Bama, two, Ohio State, three. Um, you know, they're the class of the Big Ten. Notre Dame, four. And Cincinnati, number five, still undefeated. Um, I see in a lot of places, Georgia or Florida is number five over Cincinnati. I get it. SEC, you know, being what it is, but Cincinnati hasn't lost anybody. They played everyone on their schedule and a couple of teams they played are top 20, you know, ish programs. Um, so until, until they get knocked off the perch, Cincinnati's my five. Justin, what say you? I've got the same schools, a little different early uh, order, uh, Clemson, Alabama. I'm going to go Notre Dame, Cincinnati, and I'll throw Ohio State as my five. Uh, we, we've seen a couple weeks. Uh, I figured out who Michigan is now. We figured out who Minnesota is now. Um, we, we're we're kind of seeing where, um, some known factors here. So I, I'm cool with moving Ohio State to that five. I'm going to start off with Alabama number one. Uh, with Trevor Lawrence not playing, I can't put them num number one right now. I just can't. Uh, they struggled against Boston College. And look, yes, when Trevor Lawrence comes back, I'll, I'll probably change my tune, whatever, et cetera, et cetera. They got a big game this weekend. And I don't know how – I, I, they're, they're a slight favorite, which shocked me, but I don't know if they win at Notre Dame without Lawrence. So that will be remain to be seen. So I've got Alabama 1, Ohio State 2. They, uh, as pe as uh, people say, they took care of their business, and uh, they uh, pounded uh, Penn State pretty well. And I think it's a team that's – I don't think that they're going to lose in the Big Ten, so I've got to put them there. I'll go ahead and put Clemson number three right now with the question mark uh, because without Trevor Lawrence, like I said. Number four, I've got to put Notre Dame there. They're undefeated. They've looked pretty impressive. And then number five – I will preface this with saying this. Next week, the winner of the Florida-Georgia game get, gets number five. But for but for giggles, I'm going to put uh, BYU as my number five. They're undefeated. <clears throat> They've blown everybody out. They've actually got a pretty good test this week against Boise State. And it's not their fault. Votes? What's that? Can they count votes? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sad to do it. They got no well, they took today off. I mean, come on. BYU is available. Can we not uh, cancel count some votes for the poor I, election commission? I still can't believe that they're taking today <laughs> the off. Day off. Only in 2020. <laughs> eh. 
votes. What's <laughs> presidential? Who cares election. about this, bro? I, bro, bro, I got a tea time. I got no time for for this vote thing. You said I had to come in on November third. You didn't say nothing about November fourth, and then I and I've got a shift at Denny's, and it starts at eleven a.m. So just get off me, okay? I'll see you tomorrow. <laughs> oh man, um, I don't know. Florida Georgia winner will probably be number five. I, I, although I we keep it. Skating over the fact that A and M probably A and M is probably the team that's going to sneak in there and have a decent chance of sneaking into the playoffs if some things happen because they because they've already taken their beating by Alabama right they're not going to have to play in the SEC title game so they're so no one's going to see them get crushed by Alabama again so all they've got to do is run the table and ch- check out Texas A and M's schedule down the stretch. Uh, this weekend they play at South Carolina and at Tennessee. The fact that those are road games, you know, could, could be tough, but then they come home to Ole Miss who, yeah, they put up points, but they don't stop you. LSU, they don't stop you and the, and they don't put up points. (laughs) And then their biggest thing is going to be December 5th beating Auburn at Auburn, which I think is doable. I hate to say it, but Jimbo Fisher could be heading to the playoffs somehow. And we would, I, I will say this if they do that to us, you've got to make Alabama and AM play each other first round. Because I don't want to see that as the national title game because I think we're going to get more of the same. And we're a long ways away from that. Georgia could still make a run. Florida could still make a run, et cetera, et cetera. Notre Dame, Clemson. But keep an eye on AM. Justin, what is your. Walk off for the day, sir. I know you got to run. I want to apologize to my utopians. Uh, BYU's in Utah, not uh, Nevada. So uh, I apologize for that. But uh, maybe Utah, Utah can uh, loan them to Nevada. I mean, well, I they just are assume off today. You I was that, correct there. I, I just assume you meant that they were going to be able to go go across the border, not like you know Canada. Well, I, I, that's what I mean now. Uh, originally, I just – I don't know. I get Utah and Nevada confused a lot. Get out there west. I'm just like, ah, it's out there. <laughs> and i'm in logistics so write that down yeah. there's your walk off <laughs> and i've never been able to trust colorado i can't trust any state that's a perfect square that just doesn't uh, i'm not down with that <laughs> there's a song in that there there is somewhere you're a perfect square like colorado <laughs> give me give me i almost said lone star beer that's not what they drink they drink the uh They're what's it called banquet right the banquet beer new belgium well, yeah, you've got Coors Banquet, but I went more uh, good beer, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Something that's palatable. Well, in certain bars in Denver, you'll, you can probably get away with that, but I, I would say if you're on the outskirts of uh, Denver and out, out there in, in cowboy country, you better have a banquet beer or at least a Coors <laughs> Light, and I won't say what they called that in, uh, <laughs> in the bars that I used to, I, I used to work in. If anyone knows that nickname, I'm sure you're saying it right now and laughing, but I, I am not allowed to say such things in 2020. Um, <laughs> I don't want to end up like a, what was that dude's name for the, for the, for the Reds, the, the Reds broadcaster, Brennan. I always got oh, his, Brenneman. Was it Marty or was that his dad? I think Marty was his dad and Tom was the younger. I could be wrong. I, yeah, I, I think you're right. I think either you're right. Which one was which one of those Brennan and 
You know what? I'm just glad he's not broadcasting anymore because that's a that's a hard name to pronounce. Brennan and then 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 then. All right, all right, Justin. I'll see you tomorrow, man. Hopefully, if only we- his co-host could be Cinnamon. <laughs> By tomorrow, we're gonna know everyone everyone election except it'll come down to this to the six electoral votes out in Utah. How they're sitting out. Uh, I'm sorry, I, I I just did it. Nevada, and we're waiting on them to come back from sabbatical. Because everybody knows that you take Wednesday off, right? (laughs) (laughs) Weird-ass religions out there. All right, we'll be back in a flash here on the Armchair Quarterbacks. I apologize if we're going live out there uh, somewhere in Nevada. But, you know, sorry, dude. (laughs) Uh, CBS Sports Sports Flash is on the way if I can find the damn thing. There we go. CBS Sports Radio. You're listening to the Armchair Quarterbacks on CBS Sports Radio, number one sports station. Good morning, and this is your Armchair Quarterbacks Sports Flash. The Tennessee Titans release outside linebacker Vic Beasley in a surprising move. Beasley, who signed for a one-year million contract in March will be free to sign with other teams later this week. Head coach of the Titans, Mike Vrabel, was quoted as saying at this point in the season, teams are going to go in one of two directions. They're going to keep getting better or they're not. We were a team last year that continued to improve. That's my charge now, is to make sure that we're one of those teams that keeps getting better. The six-year veteran played 118 snaps on defense posting three tackles and one forced fumble. The Tennessee Titans host the Chicago Bears on Sunday. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers officially activated wide receiver Antonio Brown from the suspended list on Tuesday, the team announced in a statement. Coach Bruce Arians said Tuesday that Brown will have a role in Sunday night's game against the Saints. Quote, he'll have his role. It could be 10 plays. It could be 35 plays. I won't anticipate 60 plays for sure, but we'll see how it goes. The Buccaneers host the Saints on Sunday night football. Other moves that you might have missed during this trading season as the trading deadline for the National Football League ended Tuesday at 4 p.m. Eastern, the Pittsburgh Steelers added linebacker Avery Williamson. He comes over from the New York Jets, making a 15-game swing in the standings. Other moves you might have missed, Carlos Dunlap went to the Seattle Seahawks. The Green Bay Packers sat pat and did not make a move. The rumor was that Will Fuller could be coming over from the Texans. Along those same lines, Houston held on to Kenny Stills and Brandon Cooks. Any of these guys could have been moved at the deadline for teams desperate for wide receiver. New England held on to Stephon Gilmore, even though a lot of reports had him on the move. Gilmore was the 2019 AFC Defensive Player of the Year. New England was looking for a first-round draft pick and a player to move the All-Pro. Dwayne Haskins stood pat as he is still a member of the Washington football team. Some folks thought that he might get traded to places such as Jacksonville or possibly even the Dallas Cowboys. And Isaiah Ford, wide receiver from the Miami Dolphins, was traded to division rival New England Patriots. The Patriots recently lost wide receiver Julian Edelman to a long-term knee injury. And just a friendly reminder, while tensions are high, please be kind to each other post-election. This is still the best damn nation on earth. And that's your Armchair Quarterback's Wake Up Show, CBS Sports Flash. Stay tuned for more of the Armchair Quarterbacks on these CBS affiliates, our Facebook Live, 
in the Armchair Quarterbacks app. Tap that app today. This is Sean O'Toole with the Armchair Quarterback. Catch me during drive time on the Armchair Quarterback radio show and on Facebook Live. NBA, NHL, Major League Baseball, the National Football League, Big Ten, and college football, and more. We cover it all. We live in a world now that welcomes and nurtures the screwball in all of us. Hey, it's a new decade, people. Time to get a little nutty. Treat yourself to Screwball Peanut Butter Whiskey, a smooth flavor that combines two of America's favorites, peanut butter and American whiskey. So no more social awkwardness. Time to embrace who you truly are. Get out there and make friends. And be sure it starts with Screwball Peanut Butter Whiskey. It's available nearly everywhere. Learn more at screwballwhiskey.com. Infinium Spirits. Please enjoy responsibly. Weekends in the fall just got a hell of a lot better. Saturday mornings, it's Dixie Football Nation, 8 a.m. to 9 a.m. We talk SEC, ACC, the Big Ten, and more. It's the only true Southern football kickoff show on Facebook Live. You don't want to miss it. And now on Sunday mornings at a new time, we're going 11 a.m. Eastern to noon Eastern with the NFL Fantasy Football Stardom Sinem Pick'em Show. We do DFS, season-long fantasy, and we keep a winning record against the spread. 8 to 9 Eastern Saturdays, 11 to noon on Sundays. The Armchair Quarterbacks have got you covered all football season long. Welcome back here to the Armchair Quarterbacks as we are rolling here on a Wednesday morning after the election. Still a lot to figure out and uh, who the hell knows what's going to happen. So uh, we'll just sit tight and wait for some news that hopefully we'll get a decent idea what's by the end of today. But I just I'm never going to get over. I don't care if those electoral votes never matter. I'm never going to get over the fact that he goes, nah, we're, <laughs> we're not coming into work today. <laughs> we got stuff to do. <laughs> We, we, we handle our business on Wednesdays. We ain't got time for that. <laughs> got a 10 a.m. tea time. Sorry, guys. We'll have yeah. to count them on Thursday. I mean, it's Wednesday. Hello. No one goes full five days in a row to work. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> uh, by the way, the good news is, um, so even if you were left wing, the good news is if Trump were to win, the, the – uh, the Dow futures are responding as they think he will win. If they're up right now. Last night, it was pretty funny that the China futures, as they were opening their stock market, when it was started looking like Trump would definitely win. Now it's a big question mark. But at the time, the, the Chinese stocks futures were in the toilet. They were going, ah, crap, these tariffs are going to be here forever. <laughs> He's going to make us pay every single time. Now now they've kind of corrected themselves is they hope that uh you know all it takes is what what was it $3 million to give to Hunter Biden to you know get everything to go 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 in the right direction. Um Stop it. Wrong show. 
<laughs> it's 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 the right show. It's it is the Stop right it. show. Uh, as we cover politics, we cover pop culture and sports. Let's get back into sports. Um, the by the way, if you haven't seen the the Lady Gaga uh, ad, dude, she's trolling the hell out of the Midwest. She was making. I have you seen this? Heard about it? Haven't seen. No. Nope. You will not be happy. She is making fun of the Midwest like you wouldn't believe. Um, was well, that ba- makes sense. In a snarky, well, yeah, she's huge, huge, huge. Uh, uh, she's actually socialist. I, I can't call her Democrat. She's a socialist. Uh, but um, it's funny how all these people that get the money are socialists. Now, would they have that same opinion if we took their money and made them all in into the same realm as everyone else but anyways no uh, no they're like no absolutely not no i want this to be like old england right where you know you're born in never long story short never never trust rich elitists doesn't matter which side of the aisle they're telling you to vote for never trust rich elitists no some some are conservative some are not never trust never trust people who were born into money that then have expanded their money and now tell you the world should be a fair place and everybody should be able to, you know, eat from the eat from the you know underside of a unicorn that everyone should be given at birth. That's I was disappointed in her because I met her one time years ago. I've told that story, and she seemed very nice and she didn't seem like a loon. And in the video, if you if y'all have missed it, she is dressed up in full camo gear and hunting gear and leaning up against an old pickup truck and drinking a beer and acting like an ass. And then uh, even though she's telling you to vote uh, Democrat, she does it in a sarcastic way. So um, she's basically making fun of, she's making fun of the Midwest and rural. Right. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's like, I haven't seen it. I I heard about it and I was like, that's pretty stupid. Yeah. There's there have been a lot of stupid things that have gone on the last several days. And you're like, man, you, you do realize you're ruining your brand. And if you don't think it's possible to ruin your brand and lose your following, ask the Dixie chicks. Oh, I mean the chicks. Ask the chicks. Because that's less uh, offensive, right? <laughs> We're going to call you the chicks. <laughs> I'm pretty sure if I walked in somewhere and said, hey, Look, there's a bunch of chicks over there. I, I, I would get, I would get murdered, right? If, if, if I walked in, to, especially like a, a bar that had a bunch of liberals in it, right? You know, especially like out west somewhere, right? But they changed their name to the chicks, and it's like, okay, well, that's better. No, see, see, it's really not. See, what you've done is you've underlined actually the worst part of your name. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Dixie chicks sounded cute and sounded, you know. Uh, you know, a little bit of style and panache. The chicks sound like, I don't know, what the hell's going on here? Um, NFL Power 5. Curious to see where you go this week in your NFL Power 5. I've got mine, but I'll... Uh, I guess we can go one by one by one. Um, start me off with your number five team in the land. So my number five was probably the hardest one to pick because of the choices, it's a lot of two loss teams. And the one I really want to take didn't play last week, has a big game this week. I'm going to take the Buffalo Bills. I don't feel great about it. Um, But between Buffalo, Green Bay, and I think Baltimore, 
they're the team that has won the most recently and didn't leave me with such a bad taste in my mouth. I mean, especially Green Bay to just get drummed off their own field by the Vikings, who I was on this very podcast on Sunday and guaranteed they would cover the six and a half because the Vikings stink. And it, I wasn't wrong about that part. The Vikings do stink, but apparently the Packers are just are just fool's gold. Maybe they're just the good, bad team. I still think Buffalo is going to win that division, even though I like Miami more than most. Um, so Buffalo is my number five. Okay. One thing I'll, I'll preface is saying this, and I mentioned this yesterday. I don't believe that game had anything to do with who was a better football team. Uh, Minnesota and Green Bay. I believe it has to do with the fact that the state of Wisconsin is allowing no fans, and I just think sometimes you're going to show up to the field and be flat. You just are, mm-hmm. and so Possible. we got to start taking that into consideration as gamblers. If if we lay money on the line, are are there fans allowed in that in those stands? I'm not saying that means you take Minnesota plus six and a half blindly going into the game. I'm saying I might have just steered <laughs> clear of it because now that we know what we saw. I felt like they were a little half asleep and it's really going to come down to, it's almost going to have to be like a college football rah-rah speech to wake them up on the home games to make sure that they understand that there are people out there pulling for you and you're not just doing a scrimmage. And so it's gotta be tough, man. It really does have to be tough. Even in the little look, we know we're not getting sold out stadiums at this point. But when you go into a stadium and you have some fans, you're going to feed off that energy. Yep. Not having a single fan in the stands, it's weird to see that in Green Bay. It's weird enough for them not to be able to do the Lambeau leap, right? Um, Super weird. You know, even Kansas City is allowing fans. And I, well, the, it was, I think it was this past Sunday where I saw the Cheetah score a touchdown and he ran up the stairs to hand a ball, you know, Sometimes they have, somebody, yeah. Sometimes they have mimicked the the Lambo leap because they have a, a short porch as well. Um, but they but they put all those barriers there to make sure there was none of that going on. Because if you're gonna let fans <laughs> in the stands and social distance, you can't have the players hugging the fans, right? Um, so that w- that would be my only caveat to that. So I am going to put Green Bay as my number five uh, <laughs> because I think the Green Bay is the second best team in the NFC right now. They might even be the first best, but it's hard to put them there right after a loss. So I am going to put it them at number five and I'll, I'll explain the rest of the NFC uh, after you go. What's your number four? Hey, my number four, my number four is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers um, who I think are the second best team in the NFC behind uh, my number three team slight preview there. Um, I, I still think that they're going to be heard from at the end. I, I don't know from week to week, which Tampa Bay team is going to show up the one that, you know, drummed the Packers or the one that just barely got by the giants. Um, small point. When I sent you that text message um, about, uh, gambling, making people drink on Monday. It was because I had um, I had put like nothing major, like ten bucks on the Giants to win by between one and six points. But it was plus it was plus eleven hundred when I got it, and I was like, and they were winning. I mean, they were up by four late in the third quarter. I was like, there's no way this is going to hold. This is why people freak out over gambling, isn't it? Because I'm not taking it super seriously. I'm just trying to get used to it. Um, 
And that was why I sent you that text message. Cause I was like the giants if the giants pull this off and somebody put like, you know, a thousand dollars on it. Right. That plus 1100 is a lot of money. Like that's a lot of money. Um, so I get why it freaks people out, but I banged, Tampa Bay's looked real. I banged the under by the way, by a half point. Did you? Nice. That two point conversion nice. sent me over. Uh, I actually bought a couple of points. I didn't think 45 and a half, no, it was 46 and a half at kickoff and I didn't like it enough. And I bought two points but the uh the odds didn't go down much i was like you know sometimes you buy two points yeah. it goes down ex extremely uh low you, you know you'll get to like you know minus 200 on the money line and this only took me to minus 150 i was like you know what i'm gonna go ahead and pay a little extra juice and get a few extra points and i started doing the math late in the fourth quarter i was like all right 25 17 i like that because they're gonna have to score a touchdown and a two-point conversion for this to go their way. And if Tampa Bay would have made a stop, they would have kneeled on the clock. Right. Um, my biggest fear was, which almost happened, uh, a pick six on that drive. At the very beginning, I don't know if people remember, there was almost a pick six. If that would have happened, then I would have gotten hosed unless Tampa Bay would have, for some reason, gone for two, which I don't know why they would have and not gotten it. So, um, But I that was also my survivor pool. I've got one guy left against me in the survivor pool. He had Tampa Bay. Mm. So I was like, you know what? Either way, this is going to work out well for me. Because I feel like if New York would have gotten that to overtime, the Giants probably would have won that game. Uh, but they did not. My number four team is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers as well. And I think they are the best team in the NFC. Mm. I do not believe... Okay that the Seattle Seahawks defense is going to long-term be something that's going to get them through the playoffs. Now, if you're just looking at your power rankings for this week, I could understand putting Seattle at number three, but I look more of the long-term at this point in the season and I'm just, I'm just iffy. I think the MVP sits in Seattle, but I also think the LVP sits on Seattle's defense, the least valuable player, because <laughs> <laughs> first of all, they have no 12th man and that is making a big difference in their home games. So I have a lot sure of, a lot of concerns with Seattle. They did make a couple of moves at the training deadline. We'll see if that helps to, to a degree. Um, but I'm really skeptical on, on them. Uh, skeptical is probably just being nice about it. I'm, I'm, I'm extremely worried and I love watching Russell Wilson play. I hope they do go to the super bowl. I, you know, I love watching them play, but he make he makes me nervous as hell. Um, not, not him, his defense. I'm, I'm afraid what's going to happen. Remember last year they ran into the Packers. We expected this shootout and it wasn't the case. The Packers just, right. the, the Packers were, were able to control the game, control the clock essentially. And, after the like the second quarter, Seattle was just in panic mode the rest of the game. Who who is your number three? Is, is it Seattle? My number three is Seattle. Um, just a couple of quick points. You touched on the defense. They have played without Jamal Adams for the last couple of weeks, and he's a big part of what they like to do defensively. Right. Their big problem has just been they've got they've got nobody that can get a pass rush on the defensive line. They got nothing up there. Everybody's either gotten old or they've let them go. So now they've added. Dunlap, um, Carlos Dunlap. Yeah. They, they've added Dunlap, who's you know a, a commodity. He's a known quantity. 
Um, he's not what he was in his fifth season. He's been in the league nine years. But you got to be motivated going from Cincinnati, who's, you know, a, a frisky young team with a good quarterback. But, you know, you're about the only player of, of note on that defense, right? Geno Atkins has gone from has gone from a pro bowler to looking like he's 39 overnight. And they can't get pressure on anybody. Is it coaching? We don't know. You would think putting Dunlap in that line at least gives them some help because they've got talent outside. Like Shaquille Griffin's a good cornerback, but he can't cover anyone forever. And Jamal Adams is just one guy. So, you know, you have to be able to get some pressure up the middle. You have to be able to stop the run. They're getting gashed. I like the stuff they added at the trade deadline. We'll see when, if it makes When a they difference. get Adams back and, they, and the addition of Dunlap and some of the other pieces, I could see being talked into putting Seattle back into my top five. But I've got to see them play good defense, and it starts this week out at Buffalo. Right. Uh, that is a game that I think is going to be extremely high scoring. Check the weather before you before I you jump on that. We're going to do spreads here in a minute, but uh, that's that's a concern for me as far as Seattle goes. Um, my number three is the Kansas City Chiefs. They <laughs> as good as they look sometimes they 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 have chinks in their armors as well. I know they're seven and one, but there are times where I'm like Kansas City seems like that they're vulnerable if they're if they're forced to play a more physical brand of football. We'll see right. what happens. And, and the thing is, that's what's going to happen in December and January. So right now, I mean, I, there, the, a part of me could put Kansas City number one, but as of right now today, I've got to put them at, at number three. And I know that's ironic considering who, who my number two team is, but uh, who, who is your uh, number two? My number two is the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, they're they're loaded for bear. Um, I still don't believe in their defense any more than I believe in in Seattle's. Um, we're only a couple weeks removed from their defense getting getting taken behind the woodshed um, by the by the Raiders. You know, for crying out loud. So you know they they still could have a, a, an ace up their sleeve or a game where they get beat by somebody we just don't see coming. Um, but I'm I'm sure we have the same number one. Maybe we don't. Um, but Kansas City's my number two. Baltimore is my number two, and, that, and that's because. And even though Baltimore lost to Kansas City, and I get that, I'm looking at what long term what this is going to look like. I feel like Baltimore is going to have a chance to put a chink back in that. Now they're going to have to do it in Kansas City, but they're going to have right. an opportunity to right the ship, so to speak, later in the year because Baltimore is built for December football, January football. Hell, we're going into November football. That's what Baltimore is built for. And when they get Ingram back, he could come back this week. That's a three-headed monster you're dealing with in Dobbins, Edwards, Ingram. And, Ingram. and hell, for that matter, let's call it a four-headed monster because the, the, the main head is trying to stop Lamar Jackson. And about the time you think you got that under control, there's an end around with Willie Sneed or something going on. So they are a power football team. If I didn't always have something against the Ravens when they were in the Titans division, I'd probably be more on the on the Baltimore bandwagon. They play my kind of football. That is my kind of football. I love the running game. I love the fact that they're making you stop the running game. Um, so that is my number two. By a hair. 
Because obviously my number one is going to be Pittsburgh, and I would say yours is probably as well. Yeah, my number one is Pittsburgh, and it's um, I, I watched that game. I mean, it was front and center for for most of the day on Sunday in the early slot um, when I wasn't keeping an eye on Tua or you know watching the Lions do Lions things. Um, it's interesting tactically what Pittsburgh did, which I, I've never really seen anybody do before. They basically just kind of vacated the first three yards in front of the center and the guards. And they kept the linebackers back um, and said, basically, we'll let you run this power option, but Lamar is not getting out of the pocket. Right. And if you try to throw, you're going to have to throw outside on the numbers because we're not going to give you the middle of the field on play action. But if you want to go ahead and hand off to Gus Edwards and, and you know, J.K. Dobbins and get six yards up the middle, go ahead, shorten the game because we're pretty convinced we can score on your defense. We think eventually Lamar is going to make mistakes. And that's exactly what happened. You know, he, he threw a pick in an untimely spot. They had a fumble inside the 20 in an untimely spot. Baltimore could have easily won that game. Um, I just thought tactically it was fascinating what Tomlin did, where he basically said, you can have four yards you know, all day. We'll give you four yards handoff. Come playoff if time, dude, if, if you give someone that option in cold weather, they're gonna, I would yep. take Baltimore in a, in a rematch in the playoffs. I, I don't know about regular season. There's a lot. They, they play towards the end of the year. There could be nothing on the yeah. line. You know, let's let's put that. They play in. on Thanksgiving. They play on Thanksgiving in Pittsburgh, which is amazing. Is that's it Thanksgiving? Amazing game. Uh, that's what someone wow, had told okay. me earlier. I haven't looked at the okay. schedule yet. My but bad. I it was when I looked at it the other day. I, I thought it was much later in the season. Well, if it's the Thanksgiving day day game, then that is awesome. It would have to be the night game because obviously the other two were. Um, let me see. Uh, yeah, you're right. Thursday night, uh, Thanksgiving. So they play really, Man. really, really uh, soon. They'll they'll play. Okay, I guess Pittsburgh's going to buy this week. No, they're not. This is this is not this is not the right schedule I'm looking at. I know that for a fact, but I'm assuming <laughs> because because Pittsburgh's already been given a buy. But anyways, um, they played Dallas this week. Okay, I, I found the real one. They played Dallas, Cincy, Jacksonville, so they should be undefeated again when they take on the Ravens. Yep. And then the only other thing stopping them from going undefeated, in my opinion, is that Buffalo two weeks later, and at Cincinnati or at Cleveland to end it. Could could get dicey because do you start your guys, et cetera, et cetera. They're almost better off losing to the Cowboys this weekend just to get that off the fucking <laughs> schneid. Get game. it off their chest. Go. I don't care. Go. We lost three to two. Good for you. Um, Here you go, Mercury Morris. Have a good weekend. Yeah, exactly. Get out of my face. Exactly. You know, I I wouldn't want that pressure going into the playoffs. I want to be focused on, on winning the championship, not being some kind of historic team. Because that team very easily – they're seven and zero, but they very easily could be on a two game losing streak right now, because very easily Tennessee missed a field goal at the end of the game, and the Ravens missed. It was a great pass, but it was even a better defensive play. It was also one of those defensive plays would not have shocked me if they would have thrown a flag because it tends to be the mo. Um, but other than that, they've looked pretty solid every other game. Uh, even some of their closer games, the only two games that they have been in doubt this year has been Tennessee and Baltimore back to back. Other than that, they've pretty much been the number one team. Uh, real quick before we head to break, there is a rumor that the NFL could be going to 16 team playoff this year because of the fear that they may have to cancel games and not be able to remake them. Do you like that idea or do you say 
get all the games played, push push the games back a little bit. If you have to play the the Super Bowl a few weeks later, it is what it is. I don't want to see 16 teams in my NFL playoffs. Which which do you prefer? I am never going to say no to more playoffs and more opportunities to live gamble <laughs> on sports. So I'm okay with it. Um, I understand that purists have a problem with it, but you know, those purists are the same people who were, you know, trying to tell you that this past baseball season should have an asterisk. And if their team had won, they wouldn't be saying that. So I, you know, I'm, this is a year unlike any other. We're never going to live through anything like this again. I hope unless a meteor hits all of us. So, you know, I'm, I'm cool with whatever the NFL wants to put together. I'm, I'm a little bit, um, I, I guess, questioning of, if you've come this far, right, you've already gotten eight weeks down and you've moved as much as you can move stuff, you know, why why put this out there in the press now um, because you've already accomplished half of the schedule unless they're just worried that, you know, like, like a lot of places are worried there's a second wave, you know, because it's colder temperatures. We don't need to get into the science of it, but, you know, the well, numbers are probably going to go. They're running out of bye weeks to, to finagle stuff. is To manipulate, right. yeah. Because what do you have – where are we sitting? Week nine, week thirteen, week, week thirteen, which is really late, but week thirteen is the last of, of your bye weeks, and so that's right. that's what the concern is. I am a firm believer that I would much rather them have an extra week at the end to make up any kind of bye weeks. Give me fourteen is enough, man. We're, we've already expanded it to fourteen. Right, twelve to me in the NFL was probably the right number, but I didn't hate 14 because the reason why I like 14 the most is because it makes the one seed something very, very important. When you, when you have 12 and the top two seeds get buys, then you usually have a lot of meaningless football played in week 16 and 17 because you're like, eh, right. whatever, dude, I've, I've got a buy. I don't need both. I, I don't need to have the best record. I'll be fine. I'm not going to get you guys hurt, et cetera, et cetera. I don't like the idea of putting 16 teams in because, first of all, right. especially in the National Football League, especially this year, especially this year, when, I don't know if I want to see that terrible brand of football. In the AFC, right. it may not be quite as bad because right now you're looking at Pittsburgh. We'll just grab the division leaders right now and then fill in the rest. Buffalo. Pittsburgh, Tennessee, Kansas City. You put the Colts in. You put the Ravens in. You put the maybe the Browns in, and then it's a it's a flat foot race between the the Dolphins and the Raiders, right? And, and that would be your eight. But you go to the right. NFC: Eagles, Packers, Bucks, Saints, and, and Hawks. We'll put the Cardinals in. That's six. For argument's sake, we'll put the Bears at seven and the Rams at eight. But that's right now. By the time we get to the end of the season, the Bears might be right around 500, if not below. Uh, right. I don't believe the 49ers are getting any better. I think I think your eighth seed in the, in the NFL playoffs in the NFC could be a losing record for the Bears. I get it if you're a Lions fan, though. You, you get a better chance to get in the playoffs. But they could have a losing record. The Panthers could have a losing record. This puts the Atlanta Falcons back into the conversation. I mean, do we want to see that? Is that what we want no. to see in week one? 
the Atlanta Falcons going out to Seattle to get freaking tub thumped. No, thank you. <laughs> and I just, I don't, I don't like. If they were going to do that, they should have done it at the beginning of the year. You don't, you you don't change the rules midway through the season, and that's that's my biggest issue. It's not the end of the world if we have to expand it by a couple. If you have, let's say you have three or four games that you have to play in week 19, so to speak, or no, I guess it'd be week 18, so to speak, right? And you have to push the playoffs right. back, right? If they are relevant, you don't even have to play it. Like, what if it's Jacksonville versus the Jets? You just don't play the damn thing, right? But let's say <laughs> but let's say they're relevant. Well, what that does is that creates another round of playoffs that, that, that extra weekend. Whoever's playing that extra weekend would be relevant, right? That right there, you're talking about gambling? That that would be gambling gold. That would be fun to watch. I just I don't want the NFL to ever go the way of NBA and hockey where the regular season becomes almost meaningless, right? Yep. So that's my concern is that they, they do it and they get excited, and they go, let's do this forever, and then we've got 16. Hell, by the time by the time your son's in college, we got freaking 24 teams in the NFL playoffs. Right? <laughs> what the hell's the point right. of this? Why do I, why, why don't we even watch this on Sundays except for fantasy football? All right, let's take a really quick break. When we come back, we're going to look at some spreads that we like and talk a little AL Central, and uh, we'll be back here in a flash here on the Armchair Quarterbacks. It's important to remember the value of taking time for ourselves to do the things that help us grow and explore, like learning something new. And now with the Great Courses Plus, it's never been easier to experience the joys of learning. The Great Courses Plus offers thousands of streaming videos that cover hundreds of fascinating topics, from World War II to choosing the perfect wine. You can even take a course on the U.S. government or dealing with stress and anxiety. And because The Great Courses Plus partners with world-class professors and experts, you're always receiving thoroughly vetted, high-quality content from every lecture. Plus, you can watch or listen anytime, anywhere with The Great Courses Plus app. So take a little time for you. Sign up for The Great Courses Plus today for a free month of unlimited access. Visit thegreatcoursesplus.com slash radio to get started. That's the Great courses.com slash radio at shell we know from the time you get up to the time you wrap up Good night. there's a lot of meetups eat ups and hurry ups so come to shell and get three things done at once fill up with shell v power nitro plus to help keep your engine running like new save up with the fuel rewards program and never pay full price for gas again and snack up with in-store rewards to save even more at the pump. Make the most of the stop you need to make with Shell. In engines that continuously use Shell V-Power Nitro Plus Premium Gas. And see full terms and conditions at FuelRewards.com. Hey, I'm 245, right down the middle, and I'm a strain left just a little. PGA is back again, and the armchair quarterbacks will be covering it from top to bottom. Tiger, Lefty, Brooks, and Rory, and everyone in between. The PGA on the armchair quarterbacks covering the tournaments along with the fantasy golf look the season is back and the armchair quarterbacks are teeing off on the pga tour one of my favorite comedians i'm excited to talk to you well i'm excited to be here these chairs are horrific <laughs> this is like 
This is designed for like, I don't know what age. It's not like six to eight, like when you're 11. This is like the perfect size. It's not quite adult size. It's not kid size. I already slouch. It's going to be a bad interview, dude, and I'm blaming the chair. You've never really written on a sitcom before if you go through your credits. You hadn't really been on a show before. Why'd you have to bring that up? (laughs) Just right out of the gate, he goes negative. (laughs) There was all these other nice things on your IMDb page I could have brought up, but I noticed this one glaring thing that you've never done, and right out of the gate. Was it because I made fun of the the chairs? I'm sorry. (laughs) Now Waylon is a singer. A record-selling star The ladies love him and his band And he sings like a bird And he plays a mean guitar But I doubt that he's a home-loving man And you ought to see my woman She's really a queen I buy her them city-made clothes Boy, you talk about beauties Like none you ain't seen when Waylon's gone, she lets me know. <laughs> when I'm out singing, he's gone with the queen. That's uh, Johnny Spreading Cash and Waylon Jennings. They talk about the Dungeon Road. But if you look for <laughs> me and I can't be seen, you'll know that Waylon's back in town. Some of the best things you can find on YouTube are old music performances. And I'm going to say the sweet spot is in the 70s. You see, like, live television performance. Uh, there, there were some good ones in the 60s, but the sweet spots was the 70s into the early 80s of all genres of music because you don't get this anymore nowadays, but there used to be television shows, believe it or not, boys and girls. Sit, sit, sit down here in the chair as I tell you how it used to be. Uh, <laughs> but there used to be television shows that were predicated on music, and they, they, they sang live songs, uh, they did skits. It was kind of like, kind of like imagine Saturday Night Live, but with talent on the stage. It was really cool to watch back then. Um, I'm I'm always a sucker if if I if I find a, a video like that in in uh, the archives on YouTube or whatnot, I, I'll stop what I'm doing and and just uh, suck it. You 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 know one of the ones that I really would like to own one day. But every time I see it, I go, I'm not paying $72 million or whatever they, they charge for it, uh, is the Dean Martin roasts. Uh, I would love to own that, The like the Dean Martin show and the Dean Martin mm-hmm. roasts. Every time I see a clip, I laugh my ass off, but they were not PC back then. Uh, <laughs> they were really, really, really not. And they not were, even kind of a little bit. And they were really not sober back then. They'd be hammered on the show going, I uh, yeah, it's your problem, is. Uh, <laughs> um, so, some of it was put on, but a lot of times they they were boozing it up. It's always weird to see those old clips, Sean, because you see them smoking cigarettes like on stage, right indoors. Like, man, how times right. have changed. Whatever happened to those guys who smoked cigarettes indoors all the time? It's almost like they're dying off or something. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Funny how that works out. Remember back in the day when we worked in the restaurant business together, you the person would walk in. What was the first thing you you, you asked the guests? Smoking or non? Yep. That is first not thing. a thing. As far as I know, that doesn't exist anywhere anymore. I know there's bars that you can smoke cigarettes in, but as far as I know in the United States, that is not a thing anymore where you can go in and smoke sm- smoke cigarettes or cigars or pipes or whatever the hell you're – and don't at me with vapes because, you know, come on, be a man. Um the 
but you, I, as far as I know, you, I, I wonder if you can even do it in Europe. Because Europe's got some really backwards things that still go on there. I wonder if you can do that in Europe is going and smoke cigarettes and uh, whatnot. I never liked it. For someone who, who, who would smoke a smig with a beer every once in a while, I never liked sitting in the, in, in, in the smoking section if, if, if I wasn't drinking. I don't want to eat right. that and taste that. And, and who the hell wants to smoke a cigarette with a with a hamburger, right? Because all you're gonna do is taste tobacco. You might as well grind that son of a gun up in your in your in your <laughs> burger. If you're gonna do that, you might as well go pot, right? Because at least you feel something. All right, I've gotten way off track, and so that's how I introduced the fact that Wisconsin canceled another football game. <laughs> that had nothing to do with that. Do you see what happens? Sean, imagine what this show is like when I don't have a, a second guest. Dude, I'll black out. I'll I'd say, rather not. I will talk about I'd it. I'd rather not. I mean, I could get in an argument with my cell phone whether Hot Wheels versus Legos. You know, there's any, anything pops in my in my head, and I'll be like, you know what your problem is? You don't agree with me. And I'm talking to myself at the time. Uh, <laughs> Wisconsin cancels another game. I found it interesting. They will not let them reschedule it. And then they have a kooky dukes rule, as you like to say. Uh, or wacky do, or you know, Looney Tunes, whatever you want to put on it. That if you don't play at least six games, you are not eligible for the Big Ten championship. Uh, this puts Wisconsin in trouble. It puts in trouble. It puts the college football nation in trouble. You know why? Who the hell wants to watch the Big Ten championship if 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 Wisconsin's not the other team and the other one? Because they are one and zero right now. Okay, that's real cute, Purdue and Northwestern, that you're 2-0. I don't want to watch either one of y'all get hammered by Ohio State. <laughs> uh, Wisconsin right now, let me look at their schedule. They have one, two, three, four, five. They could get to 6-0, and and that's it. If they get one more game canceled, it's over. And curiously, their next game is supposed to be against Michigan on right. November the 14th. So um, a week we'll from see Saturday. If they, right. Week from Saturday. We'll see if they get that off the ground. Um, the numbers in Wisconsin are, are, are bad. I just spoke to uh, somebody on Monday um, who's at uh, one of my company's stores in Wisconsin. And they said they think their store is going to be closed pretty much any day. And most uh, and a lot of the stores are closed due to just the numbers in counties um, continue to increase. You know, schools are virtual if they're not, you know, out and out canceled. So I get why they did it. Um, you know, it, it's going to be weird if we end up getting, you know, an Ohio State Purdue, you know, Big Ten championship game. Or I'll do you one better. Say Indiana runs the table and Ohio State gets tripped up by somebody. It's not going to be Michigan. I'm not going there. I don't, I don't have anything positive to say about Michigan right now. But say somebody trips up Ohio State, we get an Indiana-Purdue Big Ten championship game. I'm like, Oof. or an Indiana-Northwestern Big Ten championship game. I, I think I mean, I'd rather see Purdue because at least Purdue has upset them in the past few years, yep. Ohio State. But I and, and Northwestern just does not have the horses. It's a cool no. story that they're two and zero oh and all, but you, but you watch. I, I watched a bit of Northwestern the other day, and I was like, man, these guys look like that. I could, I, I could be a starting tight end on that team because they are slow. <laughs> they are slow. <laughs> they, they do not. They look, have, they, nope. have, they have so far beaten Maryland by forty. Maryland is is by leaps and bounds probably the worst team in the Big Ten from top to bottom. Maybe 
Illinois looks a lot Illinois, worse. I think Illinois looks a lot worse than you and I had um, than you and I had really counted on. They just look really bad. And then they beat Iowa by a point. And I was, you know, I was Iowa. They're they're always going to make a game somewhat competitive, but they don't really have a lot to boast about this year um, in Iowa. So everything's kind of upside down, man. Purdue and Northwestern both being two and zero. Indiana being like the darling of the Big Ten isn't something I saw coming. We'll get into that when we get into picks because they're a dog this week at home against Michigan, which is the most the most insane thing I've seen in the last 24 hours, and that's a pretty big bar. So We're going to uh, find out this weekend who the worst team in the Big Ten is because the two teams that I think are the worst are playing each other, Minnesota and Illinois. <laughs> Minnesota can't stop water. I've never seen anything like can't it. Stop, can't stop nothing. I mean, they, are, just, they are horrendous. They are. They might as well, instead of letting those 11 young men get on the field, just somebody should walk out and set a pasta strainer down three feet from the line of scrimmage because they ain't stopping nothing. (laughs) It's bad. It's B-A-D Watching that defense of Minnesota versus Illinois' offense is going to be like watching the very movable force versus the the unmovable object. And yes, I said that right because yeah, no, Illinois' offense right. is terrible. But 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 Minnesota says, "Hold my beer." If you think if you think your unit's terrible, watch this. So uh, that's going to be a game, man. I mean, I think those are the two team two teams, the two worst teams in uh, in the Big Ten, and, and and then I would say Maryland's right below them. Uh, Maryland is fun to watch, though, just because of Tonga Viola. I like to watch yep. him, and you know. I'm a little. It was a little strange to me that that's where he picked to transfer, because I think the kid has a has a little more upside than that. But they must have promised him something, man. Um, I guarantee you, he's not walking where, where on on that campus. I'll just put it that way. <laughs> he's got a set of brand new keys to something. I'm gonna tell you that. Even if it's a golf cart, he got something out of that deal. Uh, let's go ahead and get get into. By the way, real quick. Are you about over Harbaugh, or do you say that you still got to stick with him? Before last Saturday, you've heard me say plenty of times, what are you getting that's better? Right. Um, This past weekend was one of – I've never seen – Michigan fans that I follow in the media who have been very even-keeled and very measured about the whole Harbaugh thing and like, look, let him try and build a B-plus program before we try and like topple Ohio State because – people don't understand the dynamics of how this stuff works. Like it's really easy for a football program to collapse, right? You can go from being really great overnight to just being nothing. It's happened at Miami. It's happened. I'm sorry to say at Florida state multiple times. It's happened at Michigan. It's happened at USC. It's a lot harder to climb yourself back up that hill. Um, And this past week, man, Michigan folks are big mad. I mean, as mad as I've ever seen them, because that's a team that is nowhere near as talented as Michigan is. What is he when like? One in five at- or one in six against Michigan State? That's the glaring it's- number to me. Not that he's winless against Ohio State. Ohio State's been an elite program the the, the entire time that Harbaugh's been there. Michigan State is not elite college football, and they can't find a way nope. to beat them. And it's one thing to say, oh, it's a rivalry game. Et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, but dude, you got to win that, man. That's the game you got to win. Because I think if he's it's winning those games, he shuts a lot of people up and says, we can't go to the Ohio State hump, but but we are winning our 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 rivalries. If you if you split with Penn State, I think I think then you're okay. 
but Michigan State's in state. It's very damaging to in-state recruiting, which is something that they worry about a lot. It's not like Michigan's Florida, Texas, or California, but lots of good players come out of Michigan and Ohio, especially Ohio. And if they all of a sudden see Michigan getting drummed by Michigan State, Mel Tucker's a good coach. He's a good recruiter. He did a lot with nothing at Colorado. So you give him some of Michigan State's resources. Michigan State has a huge resource bank of journalists, people with a lot of money and influence that have gone to Michigan State University. Not as much as the U of M, not as much as Ohio State, but they're close. And it's a bad, bad loss for him. And yes, you mentioned it. One and five against your in-state rival. I mean, at this point, the entire history of Harbaugh's coaching record kind of comes under a, a microscope. And you look at, you know, Stanford brought the program up to a certain level of prominence, but then never really got them past that, right? And was and was outclassed in a lot of situations by other coaches. Goes to the NFL, infamously loses a Super Bowl when he runs the same play three times from one and and can't get a you know get a pass completed to win the Super Bowl. Loses to his younger brother, you know, it kind of at that point tries to usurp power from everybody in the front office and San Francisco's like, yeah, we've had enough of you. Your antics are good for, you know, a few years and then everybody tires of it. Comes to Michigan, same thing. A lot, lot of lot of hot air in the beginning and he you know, just hasn't backed it up with what he promised at the beginning. So the fact that they haven't offered him a new contract, I think is telling. Um, I don't know what's going to be out there on the street or where Michigan goes if they do move on from him. But at this point, I almost wonder if it's a marriage that's just doomed to end where both sides look at each other and go, Hey, that was great. Had a lot of fun, you know, certainly brought the program out of the pit that it was in under Rich Rod and Brady Hoke, but it's time to move on. That's, that's more in play now, I think than it's ever been before. Yeah, you know, it's now luckily we haven't had the, the, the drought that Michigan's had, but it's a it's a bitter pill pill to swallow to watch your team win. I mean, excuse me, lose and you're like, there just seems no end in sight. Uh right. You know, towards the end of Jimbo's tenure, his last year, I I don't count that because he put he, he cashed in his chips, so everyone kind of kick that to the side they thought where they were where florida state screwed up was was willie taggart they went and got a guy because they were so hellbound and determined to find a guy that wanted to stay there at fsu they didn't care about his resume and so they went and they signed willie taggart to a deal he they, they thought he checked the boxes he, he was from florida he was a big fsu fan as a kid etc cetera, etc cetera. but willie taggart never built anything anywhere he had a losing record and he comes to FSU and, and uh, added to that losing record. Now, after a small stint with that, now they're with uh, Norvell, and things look like they're in going in a good direction. You're going to get bad games. You know, the Louisville game didn't worry me as much. The one that worried me at first was the Miami game, but Norvell wasn't on the sidelines, and they had and, – and, and, and because of that, they still had to trot James Blackman out there. This week, I think you're going to see a different Florida State team going up against Pittsburgh. I think they'll get that W. But this year with Florida State, I've, I've told fans, throw it away. Don't worry about the Ws. Worry about how they look on a week-to-week basis. And Right. But if this is five, six years from now, Sean, and they're not, and they're not beating Miami, oh, that, that's not going to happen. Nope. He's he's got to he's got to beat Miami probably next year or the year or the year after or it's a, or, or yep. he's done skis. 
That's just the way it rolls <laughs> in in, uh, in Hassie. <clears throat> um, let's go ahead and uh, get into some uh, games that you like real quick as we go to wind this show down. It's kind of starting to run out of time, so we're not going to get into the AL Central. We can do that next week. Um, where are you going in college football of just games? These aren't necessarily games you're picking, but just games that interest you. Yeah, I kind of showed my hand a little bit that, um, you know, Michigan at Indiana um, and Michigan has lane the three and a half. Um, I don't, I just don't get that. Um, you know, that's not a preview for Saturday, but um, if I'm given the chance to pick last, which I don't know if I'm still in the lead on the stupid underdogs or not, I don't know if anybody hit this weekend. I didn't. Um, I think you're still might, in the lead. I, I have to look at, but I'm pretty sure you are. Angelo was on my heels. So unless he hit this weekend, you know, I probably still am, but I don't, I don't remember everybody's picks. That's one I'm taking a look at. I'm kind of excited to see the Pac-10. You know, back um, Arizona hosts, you know, USC um, at 11 Central, noon Eastern. Isn't um, that crazy that they're playing that early out in California? Yep. Yep. It really is. Um, the other one that really interests me, just because they're back in the top 25, West Virginia at Texas. I mean, West Virginia blew up everything I said last week about Kansas State being a threat um, to maybe win the Big 12. West Virginia just goes out and blows Kansas State out of the water at home. And now they go to Texas. I'm still not completely sold on Sam Ellinger. Um, that's a game I'm going to watch. That's an early one. And then obviously, I mean, the cocktail party um, is is the one in the afternoon that I'm really going to be keeping my eye on um, just because I really want to see who comes out of that alive. You know, Georgia, I don't know how much we can tell um, from Florida's one loss to Texas A&M because Jimbo has seemed to, you know, played gotten his team up to particularly play Dan Mullen and play that university and Georgia losing to Alabama. I mean, come on, Alabama's Alabama. So I, I would warn people on something because I, I heard this yesterday on a national television show. Th three of the four guys were jumping on uh, the Gators plus three and a half. <clears throat> None of them are from this region, right? So they're going off of <laughs> what, what they think they know as opposed to what they do know. Georgia, not only have they had Florida's number recently, Georgia out physical Florida last year, and I think you're going to see more of the same. And I believe it's going to be a low scoring game. Not saying Florida can't win, but I would be very, very, I'd be very skeptical if I'm betting Florida plus three and a half because you're asking for a lot. You're essentially asking for the Gators to win that game. The Georgia's defense is for real, y'all. Now, I have questions about their offense, but guess what? I have the same questions about Florida's defense. So that's good. That's probably going to work itself out. And Florida's, I, I just think Flor, Flor, here, here's the number in that game that I like the under on Florida team total. It's 24 and a half. Mm. And I think that is a lot to ask in a game last year. They scored 10. They lost 24 to 10. People forget that touchdown was a garbage touchdown at the end. They were getting absolutely hammered. And I think it's going to be more of the same. Georgia's front seven and offensive line is going to maul Florida. Florida's going to win by finesse. And I don't know if you can out finesse that, that Georgia defense. Sorry, Gator fans. I'm not trying to like beat the hell out of you. I'm not saying you can't win the game. But if I'm laying my money on it, what I like is Florida, if they're going to win, I don't, I, regardless, I don't think they're going to score over 24 points. It's a high, 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 high number. Um, you're going to have to, for Florida fans, you're going to have to win without Trask to Pitts. You're going to have to win some other kind of way because Georgia is going to basically put two dudes on him. You're going to have a really hard time 
forcing the ball into him. So we'll see if they can win in a different way. And then real quick, give me a couple NFL games you like before we have to jump off here. So New Orleans plus five and a half in Tampa. I just think that game is going to be close. Um, that's a game where the over is pretty interesting at 51 and a half. It's too high. Um, <laughs> you think it's too high? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Way too high. You're probably right. You're very right about that. Um, Miami and Arizona uh, is interesting. Uh, I would bang the under on that at 47 and a half because I didn't like what I saw to Miami's defense last week. Uh, Miami getting Miami getting five on the road. Um, that's that's pretty interesting. Arizona's coming off a bye. Uh, the numbers on you know teams coming off a bye are usually pretty good, but you know we'll see what Cliff dials up. And then the last one I really really like. I mean, you I can't get on this over fast enough. Uh, Texans at Jags, 50 and a half. Now I'm going to keep an eye on the weather and see if it's going to be nice in Jacksonville. Last I looked, it was supposed to be decent this weekend. Uh, but those are two teams that have no interest in ever playing defense against each other. That game is almost, seems like it's almost always 33, 31, 38, 35. Um, so at 50 and a half, you really only need the game to be 28 to 24, something right around there. Um, I think that's pretty doable with those two offenses and Houston coming off a bye as well. Um, NFL, the one, I'll just give you one. Um, I think I'm going to go with, we kind of mentioned this earlier, but, uh, looking at, I don't know how San Francisco is going to hang with green Bay. Yeah. So tomorrow night's game minus six and a half. I'm really starting to like green Bay. I know you're probably gun shy about that because they were six and a half point favorites last week against Minnesota. What the hell happened there? So it, it does make you gun shy. But that's a lot of injuries for for San Francisco to absorb. I get it; they're at home. But once again, there's no fans in the stands. So is it really a home no game? Fans. You know, and Seattle Buffalo is going to be a shootout. The the over right now is fifty five. I don't, I don't. I know that's a lot for NFL. I don't know if that's high enough. Um, <laughs> And I do believe that the, the Titans are going to take care of the, the Bears in short fashion. I'm chalking up last week's game to Cincinnati as a hangover game. They were really built up and jacked up for that for that Steelers game. They go on the road, funky atmosphere. I'm going to push that game aside. Every NFL team has like two to three games a year that you're like, what the hell happened there? I'm going to push that game aside. Just lay an egg. I just don't. Titans fans are going to be overly confident Monday morning because their defense is going to go, is going to look really good against that Bears offense. Is, is, is all I'm going to say. <laughs> They're going to be drinking the Kool Aid way too quick. I think the Tennessee's defense will get better over time, but just because you hold the Bears to ten points this coming Sunday does not mean you're Super Bowl bound. <laughs> it doesn't. It doesn't matter if they decide to go with Foles or if they put Trubisky in. The Bears over under is 20 and a half. I know the Titans have given up a lot of points, but I think they're going to pound the ball, pound the ball, pound the ball, figure eh, we if we don't turn the ball over, we're not going to lose this game. 20 and a half is a lot for Chicago. That just is. I don't care who they're playing. I don't care if they're playing the Dallas Cowboys. That is a lot of points for the Bears to accumulate. Uh, let's go ahead and do some turn back times, and then, and then we'll do walk-offs. Um, by the way, speaking of that, that kind of leads into uh, the birthdays here in a second. Turn back time.
Here's a good memory for you. On this date, 2001. Sean, I know you were intently watching this one. On this date, 2001, the Randy Johnson and Kurt Schilling are both named co-MVPs of the World Series as the Diamondbacks become the first multiple winners since a trio of Dodgers. This is crazy. I didn't know this because I, you know, I was alive, but I wasn't absorbing it. Ronce, Pedro Guerrero, and Steve Yeager in 1981 shared the, the MVP award in a three-way tie. This is wow. also a case of the following year. This is also uh, a uh, wah, 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 whatever happened to this guy. Eric Hinsky wins the American League Rookie of the Year Award. <laughs> Eric Hinsky won the AL Rookie of the Year Award in two thousand. Go back through the history of go back through the history of the AL Rookie of the Years or even the NL Rookie of the Years. There's some names in there, and you're just like, I still have, I still have it. It's still in a book in my closet. It's not twenty feet from me. Baseball card from when I was about 12, 13 years old. I still have my nineteen. I think it's eighty eight, but it might be eighty seven. Cubs Jerome Walton rookie of the year tops card worth a lot of money. He had an amazing rookie year and then it was over. Like yes. it was over overnight. And that happens to dudes with rookie of the year all the time. What was the other outfielder at the time? What year did you say? I think it was 87 or 88. Is that Walton card? Cause I would have been about 10. In so the that's same right. area. There was an outfielder for the Cubs. I, his name's going to escape me. I'll, I'll hopefully think of it by tomorrow or something, but he was a, Flash in the pan won like the NL uh is it Perry? Something Perry? Gerald Perry? Does that sound right? Sounds maybe. Um he he won the NL uh batting title right around that time period. Right. And I remember as a kid, in fact at the time I was uh growing up with uh, James Forbes. And we were convinced that he was going to be great. He was just going to be absolutely unbelievable. In fact, he's, it is Gerald Perry. He played, no, wait a minute. That wasn't him. Never mind. That wasn't him. I got him confused with an Atlanta Brave outfielder. Anyways, I'll, I'll have to think of it. But anyways, this guy, this guy either won the NL uh, batting title or he came very close and we were convinced this guy was going to be the next great thing and he didn't do nothing the rest of his career i think he bounced around like seven or eight different teams every time i see his name pop up or i played in fantasy baseball in the 90s i'm like oh god whatever happened to that guy boy was i wrong on that damn sucker (laughs) (laughs) i'm glad i didn't have a show back then because i was on the rooftops going i'm gonna tell you right now this guy's hitting the hall of fame uh birthdays oops there we go um, it's your here's a good one One of the greatest offensive tackles In the history of football Orlando Pace 45 years old today. Yeah 45 years old today What I was going to say Of how that plays into The Bears Going to have to get some kind of special teams or, 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 or turnover To be able to score 20 and a half over the Titans Devin Hester is 38 years old today Wow. Um, probably, probably the second best punt returner I've ever seen. Dion's always going to be the best. They never let Dion do it enough on the teams he was on. They're always worried about him getting hurt. Right. So he'd do like one or once or twice a game where Hester got to do it every single. Dion to me was the most elusive 
punt returner I've ever seen. And if he got one step, and we all know he, oh, he would do this thing where he would juke and jive, right? If he got that one step on you, boom, he was gone. And he'd be mocking you, going down the sidelines, high step and waving to you. But uh, Devin Hester was pretty spectacular himself. Also, 32 years old today, just recently joined the Ravens we've been raving about. All puns intended here on Armchair Quarterback Radio. Uh, Des Bryant is 32 years old today. Do you expect him to be much of a factor down the stretch for the Ravens? I think he'll be the same as Antonio Brown. I think he'll be mostly used as a decoy. You Might catch he, some passes. You think he'll Short be that good? Touchdowns. I, I don't think Antonio Brown's going to be much more than a decoy, to be honest. Oh, I disagree. I think Antonio Brown, until he gets kicked out of the league again, because if the civil suit comes through, he's going to be in trouble, which is due in December. But uh, I think I think uh, Brady's going to use the hell out of Antonio Brown. Um, mm, maybe he's the one thing they don't have, which is an explosive slot receiver. They've got you know the two guys on the outside, Evans and Godwin. Scotty Miller's no Antonio Brown. I mean, unless he put on some LBs during during the pandemic, and you know he comes out there, Antonio Brown comes out there, you know, you know, looking like you know James Brown late in his life or something. You know, I think Antonio Brown's gonna put up some. I, I wouldn't start you, him yet you, in fantasy. I, I gotta see it to believe it. But you weren't you weren't impressed by what you saw out of Javon Mickens Monday night. <laughs> He's on like his seventh team. I swear I've seen that guy in nine different places. <laughs> I saw him catch a pass and it said Mickens. I was like, when did he get on the box? I've seen that dude. That dude's been in the league since like 1987. I think Randall Cunningham threw him passes in Philadelphia. I swear to God, that dude's been around forever. I'm pr- I'm lying, but I mean, he's. I swear that guy's been around for a while. Antonio Brown was uh activated today uh what's your walk off sir um i walk off as a slight pat on the back to myself uh we didn't get to talk baseball um but before the season started um i am on record i have this receipt that i said marcelo zuna would be an mvp candidate and i thought he was the best signing the braves have made in years that ended up paying off um he had never really showed that hard hit rate before in st louis that he showed in atlanta this past year he's about to cash a big payday i don't know who's gonna pay him I hope he comes back to Atlanta, especially if they keep the universal DH, but I don't think he's going to, I think somebody's going to throw some stupid money at him and Atlanta's going to, you know, piecemeal it, find somebody else just, you know, that's in his category on the free agent market. Yeah. We talked about it in the first segment today, and I'll be honest with you. If they don't bring back the universal DH, I don't, I don't want them because he's, right. Cause, cause yeah. he's no, a he's, defensive liability. I just yep. wonder when, cause I haven't gotten clarification from this, when are we going to know is there going to be universal DH or not? Because I think there's definitely going to be one by 2022. But is it worth paying $20 million for a defensive liability throughout the entire year, especially if this might only be a three-year deal? Because I think – Definitely not. What what I saw projected for him by, by one of the pundits was uh, three years, $54 million. Is it what they think he's going to sign for? Atlanta might go that route, but I think they want to know that, that it's DH. Right. One of the most interesting names that I saw that could sign him would be the Boston Red Sox. And uh you put That's him interesting. In- I just don't know if I just don't know if Boston's spending money this offseason. I'm sure we'll oh, get into it are. more. I, I, you think they are? Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
It, I'll tell you. I'll tell you another name wouldn't shock me to walk into the Boston Red Sox, or the, or the New York Mets for this matter. We can get into this down the road. Would be a Trevor Bauer. I think he's going northeast, yeah. and he's either going to be a Yankee, Met, or Sox. And with the new sale of the Mets and the billions of dollars they're going to have at their disposal, they're going to make at least two splash signings this off season. And I've got a bad feeling Trevor Bauer is going to be one of them. And if they don't get him, Boston and New York. Yankees are going to be fighting over that because the Yankees got Bauer, do... Bauer, Degrom, Syndergaard, Stroman. That's terrifying. <laughs> that's not. Well, Stroman's gone. He's a free agent. Is Stroman gone? And okay. they are not going to resign him. He's he, he's trash. I couldn't remember. Yeah, yeah, he's trash. He's gonna he he's gonna out market himself. I think Stroman's eventually going to have to sign a one year deal with someone and, and try to rebuild his, his prove it deal. Yeah, yeah, he's, prove it deal. Who the hell signed him to a four-year deal at five foot eight, 122 pounds, and strikes out nobody? You would think no one, but you know, we every year we see contracts and go, what? In so, the in you know. the AL, in the AL East, want no part of him because they saw him get drummed in the AL East. So he's not he's probably he probably can't even go to an American League team. He probably has to go to a National League team and trick them. I just, I think he's highly inconsistent, and I, I, I wouldn't want to. I mean, I'd take a one-year deal flyer on him, but I'm not giving him a multi-year deal. All right, brother, great job, uh, great show. We will see you Sunday morning for the uh, Pick'em Show. Fantasy football. Yeah, yes, sir. Fantasy football DFS Pick'em Show, yeah. And hopefully we have better better days ahead. Man, we got to do a better job. This is my walk We got to do a better job on stacking. <laughs> it's always like a half a quarter in. I'm like, man, what are we doing? Why did we stack some of these bigger name receivers and quarterbacks? And I pull up the app and like, we're like 1100th. And I'm like, never mind, it's over. <laughs> yep. Diversification has not worked out for us. We'll have to try something else. But have a good day, everybody. Be good to each other. See you all this weekend. All right, brother. Goodbye, sweetheart. Time to go. We're back tomorrow with another show. Well, unless we're fired, we'll talk to you then. Goodbye, sweetheart. Goodbye. Goodbye. Guys and gals, it's time to go. We'll see you on the next show. Same back time, same back channel. Thanks for listening to Armchair Quarterback Radio, your first choice for sports talk here on the First Coast. Armchair Quarterback Radio comes your way every day. Find Armchair Quarterbacks Radio on Facebook today. And don't forget to tap that app. The Armchair Quarterbacks app is free to download, and you can take us anywhere you go. You can hear the whole show every day on Armchair Quarterbacks app. haven't downloaded it yet the armchair quarterbacks app is the best app you can tap today google android apple iphone that's right download it tap that app today you can take the armchair quarterbacks app anywhere free to download free to use and important to have download it today tap that armchair quarterbacks app the best in southeast sports talk listen live or catch the replay i kind of like that i want to tap that